listening to the smooth sound of RPGMP3.com. Dungeon One. like to know about steampunk, would you, Jennifer? I suppose I can teach you a thing or two. Yeah. And I, I sent him a message. Uh, I don't know if you noticed his response on Twitter. Oh, there he is now. Oh, was that, what, it, was that okay. what that was about? Right. When he just suddenly said cock. cock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, Nick. <laughs> Were you talking about me? Yes, uh, yeah, talking about words with friends. Yes, I remember yes. it well. I knew, I knew it. It was like point for point, and then I got this, I got, a, I don't know, 30-odd points, and I just messaged him saying, I expect right now you're saying cock very loudly. <laughs> moments later on Twitter, cock! You're quite right. I didn't really have anywhere else to go, but I thought, oh, you bastard. Never mind. Sorry. You seem to be doing quite well don't... in that game, Nick. Do I, you, Shame yeah. I'm also doing really well. <laughs> yeah, you've just got a 70... Po- Kerry yeah. played wow. an 85 against me. Um, the biggest I ever got was in... Paul of Cthulhu challenged me to a game. And oh, I yeah. got, um, on my sort of like third move, I think I got a Z on a triple word and a triple letter. Brilliant. And I got over 100 points. It's good never... when you get over 100, isn't it? You just <laughs> yeah, he never yes. played again. I think he got a false impression of how good I was. <laughs> <laughs> Helen won't play. Well, she's she, she, she competitive. So I can, no. I can do that to people with, um, with chess. I can make them think I'm a brilliant chess player because I can take on a dozen people at once and I guarantee that I will... Um, Lose every eat... game. I will no. I will either I will win or draw more games than I lose. Right, guarantee it. Why is that? You it just looks amazing. Them. No, no, I can go around as quick as you like, and I can have a dozen people. I can play all the games simultaneously. Do you do exactly the same move? Well, how would that? Everyone would beat me if I did that, wouldn't they? You flex a move. There is a move. There's a move that there's a strategy that there's wins a six, more games. Six page. Yeah, you can mm. also do reflecting or genuflecting. Not genuflecting. I can do that in. Um, I can do that in pool. There's what, a there's genuflect? a strategy. Yeah. Well, I have to because I play so badly. Shall, shall we get on with the game? <laughs> well, if you like. Yeah. Are we recording? That's the, it's a thing called. I post- think so. I'm getting a lot of hiss. I can't. Do you need to check it and come back and read it? It's not post-coital chess. No? Could so... be, but that's not essential. Okay. Now, the thing with postal chess is that I can take on, if you like, 100 people, and I would still make the same bet with you, because I'm not playing any games of chess at all. What I'm doing is playing half the people against half it's the other people. Uh, oh, I, te- I, I take their move, and I take it across to the other board. Very clever. Mm. Wish well, I'd thought of it, but no. That's it. It's quite clever, actually, but it's very impressive. Mm-hmm. It's not something you do in a demonstration that... match because people watch and go, "Hang no. on, please." <laughs> yes, well, what are you doing in words? <laughs> That's what you're doing in words, isn't it? That's how you keep winning. What, I'm stealing no. the letters from John's game. No. Yes. <laughs> I... Yeah, I'm convinced now. I do actually have a strategy for words, and there is a trick to the way I keep beating you. 
Um, if you notice, and you, you have to you have to pay attention, but if you notice, you always get fewer points than I do. <laughs> You're a funny guy. Thank you. <laughs> That'll be fun. I meant that in like a mafia type of way, like a threat. Did that did that work? It, it, as a threat, it worked in a slarty bart fast sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, as in the I've late Arthur Dent. It's, it's a sort of, sort of threat. I, I'm not terribly good at them. I'm totally awfully effective. Yeah. Uh, right, so we're we're definitely recording. Are you sure that this is all? Uh, yeah, but I'm very hissy. I just, I, it seems to get worse every time. I tried a, another mic, but it seemed to be just as bad. And but, yet, I've just listened to uh, a recording of you, and it sounds you were the clearest of all of us. Well, yeah, the noise okay. reduction seems to work on Audible. I'm just worried that okay. um, it makes me sound slightly robotic and uh, much cleverer than I actually am. And that worries you? <laughs> well, I don't want people getting the false impression of me. Really? You might think I'm some kind of super intelligent being. Oh, let me put your mind at ease, Don. <laughs> they have heard your past games, don't worry. See, what I'm going to do next is splice my responses in to five seconds earlier, so I look like I'm constantly predicting your, your or possibly just talking dice nonsense. rolls. Really? Mm. Well, that's a plan. Uh, can I just say... <laughs> Amelia, are you in a darkened room because no. you know, it was a particularly <laughs> rough night last night? No, it's just I can't be bothered to close the windows yet, the curtains yet. So. Oh, I see. It was a rough okay. night, wasn't it? In about yeah. half an hour, it will be dark enough for me to close the curtains. She, she does keep on. changing the subject there, John. Mm. I didn't go to bed till two, no. Oh, Blimey. Oh, God. <laughs> we just stayed up and watched crap TV <laughs> and then realised it was two. <laughs> And remember, funnily enough, I stayed up last night and watched Revenge of the Living Dead part two. Yeah. Yes, I noticed the tweets. And can I say, go see the Avengers? It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I considered going today, but I don't. Mark's just gone to see it, apparently. In fact, he's watching it right now. 2D yes. was much, well, 2D was full, but it was far less QE than 3D. All right, did you, okay. you saw it in 2D, did you? Yes, we didn't do 3D. No, I can't see the point of 3D. I, I just get a bad headache and pay yeah, more money headache. for it. Yeah, bad headache. Can't see a lot. Pay more money and there's more teenagers in there. Yeah, I watched the Harry oh, Potter okay. in 3D and there's one point, I think, where he waves a wand at you and that was the only point I noticed. <laughs> yes. Well, and then the rest of it I could barely see because it was so dark and I was wearing sunglasses that it was a... Yeah. I shouldn't have worn sunglasses in retrospect. I, uh, I went to see Tron Legacy in 3D, which is like the first and last 3D movie I plan to see. And um, there was a bit at the beginning that was the most amazing 3D, and it was the titles where the Disney logo comes uh, up. Yeah. The rest of the film, I couldn't have cared less. Currently animated films ridiculous. you could see in 3D. Yes, because yeah, okay, that, that would make way. sense. Uh, you know the, uh, the Hobbit, he's doing this 48 frames a second thing. Yeah, so apparently it's it's too, it too looks too good. Too real, people yes. hate it. <laughs> they all look really crappy. <laughs> right, anyway, if you've got your character sheets and bits and pieces, and yes. now, I'm, now I mention that, I haven't. Um, That's all right. I think we had sixes in everything. Actually, I think Amelia's character genuinely has got six in everything. Yeah, shame I can't roll them. Yeah, well, it's making up for your terrible dice rolling. No, it's not. Well, no, it isn't, but it's an attempt to make up for your terrible dice rolling. Oh, the hell it's be false hope, that's all it does. 
We put them in a folder last time because we've lost. Them. Have you actually made a dice roll in the whole game yet? Yes, I have. It was something I think really. You managed to develop a photo. No, I you didn't. Hadn't. I didn't manage any of the photos. Oh no, you well. totally failed the photo. That was right. No, I managed to. Um... Yes, you are not allowed to touch the camera. Yes, you recall. Be- I'm oh, you did escape from the collapsing building. Yeah, I escaped from the collapsing building, and I'm quite Something happy inconsequential going... like that. <laughs> no, going up, upside down in the swimming pool in the test. Oh, yes, you I are did, very did, good at not being sick. Yeah. Yeah, which is handy. Uh, okay, so I think I've got the character sheets now. See, I'm going to put the lights on now. Although it is actually very light in here still, apparently my camera right. doesn't seem to think it is. I will just shut down my Cliff Edwards iTunes album. Because that's not necessary. Good God! <laughs> yes, I suppose I am. It's, oh, I've uh... discovered I was strumming awkwardly. That's why I was having trouble. I was trying to strum back round towards the sound hole. Oh no, no! And if no, I no, just flatten my hand out, in front. Well, of I knew it. I knew it was in front, but I was trying to go exactly at the join. But I found if I just stretch my hand out a bit and just go above it, it mm-hmm. feels much better, go, and it actually sounds that. a lot better as well. Go with so. that. I mean, with any of the instruction books and things, the, the good ones will say, here is sort of a good practice and good technique. Yeah. But if it doesn't really work for you, then just do what works for you, because you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, that's true. There, well, there are very the ukulele week, Yeah, there are very few <laughs> oh, sorry, major orchestras that have ukulele players, so don't worry about technicalities. What, what do you mean? This is the whole reason I've got a ukulele, so I can get well, into the... Enjoying the halle. They, well, I was hoping for the Royal Philharmonic. No, oh, got something <laughs> against the Halle, have you? Well, um, I don't like the letter J. Who's the Halle? S- silence. Still silence. <laughs> I, I was waiting for an explanation, but perhaps... Who's uh, the Halle? I think you'll be waiting a while. The Halle um, Orchestra. They're, they're an they're, orchestra. They're right, a superhero play. group based in Finland, I think. <laughs> yeah, lavender ones, because everybody thinks lavender is the colour to have in ukuleles. I am so pleased with it. Good. I didn't mean That's I didn't mean to say that in such a gay way, but I, I am very pleased with my. You're always uh, happy with your little ukulele in your hand. Aye, and me little stick of Blackpool rock. It's nice to have a nibble at it now and again. I was playing a bit of George Formby <laughs> earlier, actually. <laughs> Not subtle, not subtle at all. Shall we move away from the ukuleles before um, Amelia cries? Well, I can't because I, I've now fitted a couple of ukuleles hanging in my room, so they're, they are in fact hanging in front of me, right either side of the original piece of uh, Ralph Horsley artwork I've got from the diamond. Now, close your eyes and imagine those as coloured ukuleles, like are, lavender and red. Ah, well. Uh, well, Emma's got a, a red one. Actually, I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. That was a, that was. Are you suggesting she doesn't play very well? If you're sorry to hear it. No, I was trying to I make. Stop now, Nick. Of, just... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, on the move. Some moon. people may have accidentally downloaded <laughs> this and are wondering. Wondering there was a game. Skip ahead to get to the game. Uh, well, I thought we had to put more waffle in. Yeah, it's not on Walton Hall unless it's like half an hour of waffle. No, that's, that's right. But this and we don't say Cark and Fanny in that No, so you much, managed that it? quite happily, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. the, do you know the main reason why we don't do that so much? 
Why is that? Emma isn't playing this game. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. She was very enthusiastic about what became known as the Watson Hall sound check. She, we could have her wandering in at a guest appearance at the beginning each time if you want, and then wander back out again. <laughs> it just always reminded me of. Um, you remember the film Arthur where um, John Gilgamesh was in it? I've not seen it. As the butler. He's the film Arthur. Well, there's yeah. this one bit where he sort of he, he slaps Dudley Moore over the head and says, "You sport little shit," which was a you know big surprise. The, the, yeah. the heavens, John Gilbert swears. He swears, yeah. And um, Spitting Image had a sort of running gag where the John Gilbert puppet would come on occasionally and just randomly swear and just run <laughs> alongside whatever's going on, going bollocks. Made <laughs> <laughs> me think of that that there was no actual reason, but people were just randomly swearing. <laughs> um, which is fine, but you know, it's not what we're doing. Sorry, everybody. Well, we're, we're right not then, so swearing. Are we ready? That's not very Victorian. Uh, uh, no, but then we're Georgian, playing an Edwardian game. Edwardian. <laughs> no, we're we're between Georges and we're, we're post-Victorian. So Edwardian wasn't wasn't very long, was it? No. Uh, no. Nope, short period. Mm. I mean, you know, ten years or so, was it? Twelve years, something like that. But no, it's it's a bit overlooked, really. It, it had a reasonable influence on um, British history and society, and there's lots of things you see and refer to as Edwardian, because there was actually a lot happening technologically. But the thing is, Victoria's reign was so long and so important that it just kind of overshadows it. It's bizarre we don't call our current era the Elizabethan. No, because yeah. it's just now. Yeah, but you see occasionally when we look back on it, we probably won't call it Elizabethan. Well, no, we seem to have gone more towards pre-war, post-war, Cold War. Hmm. Yeah, but post you see that, that's the thing because nobody refer when you say Georgian, you're thinking Beau Brummel and all that yeah, kind of era. Not early. You're not actually thinking George V, no. for example. You're, you're thinking more George III. Uh, I, uh, yes. I presume, unless you get any George confused. <laughs> George the Third was the one who lost America, was he? And was mad. And he was mental. He had poor fire ear, I believe. Yes, yep. that's what they reckon. Um, I mean, they can't be Well, yeah, that's a modern thing. But he did have blue blue pee, so that was always a clue. Right. Unless he was Mr. Spock. I, don't, I think that's blue blood. <laughs> oh, is it? I seem to remember that. McCoy Have you not seen that cut, cut out your idol scene from Star Trek? I don't go to a lot of conventions. Okay. Why do you think he was called Bones? Anyway, let's uh, move on to uh, the game. The okay. How many times do you think we'll be, we'll be saying something? Right, let's get started. Can we move on to the game? Oh, it's ten times. I think last not. time it was about six times. Okay. <laughs> Now, it's I our have, version of moving I have swiftly. uploaded uh, the first one of this series to Hal, and I'll be uploading the second one probably you know in a week. Well, otherwise, to otherwise they all get released at once because he, he does it when he's got time. Mm. Well, the first one of the Moon out. series. They've mm. just had a load of Travellers. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they should be damn well grateful. I'm sure it's a lovely game, which I, unfortunately I've not been listening to, because I've been in training at work, so I haven't been able to listen to podcasts recently. Oh. Have they Which let is... you out of training now? Sorry? Have they let you out now? No, 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 still in the middle oh, of it. Oh, God, you're still training. Gosh, this gym's you. stronger than I anticipated. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Keep talking, the GM. A drunk GM. <laughs> I wouldn't say drunk, I'd, I'd just say, you know, spirited. 
Who would like to fill in the uh, the, the listening public, because uh, he's probably getting bored by now, <laughs> um, on what happened in our Wake last up. adventure? We got to the moon. <laughs> we got to the moon, and we explored the moon, and um, the doctor managed to... a building. Yeah, Lady Valentine knocked a building down. Oh, I think you might find it was the guy with the pickaxe. Well, we can argue about semantics, but the building fell down anyway. That's the, the that's doctor the got squished. That's the point. But <laughs> fortunately, it was a um, cheap special effect building. Yes, yeah, so it built upon In low gravity, so it did me very little damage. And but we but decided it's our, your communication cord. Our communication yes. cord <laughs> uh, got broken, and so now the only way we can communicate with each other, or indeed anyone, is by mime or chalk uh, drawing. So, in a rather brilliant turn up for the books and uh, development for an audio game, we're communicating <laughs> by mime. By mime. I have my messages. chalkboard ready. I should have really read this through, shouldn't I? <laughs> I've got fridge magnet letters. Will they work? Oh, we can use Paul's... Um... Yeah, I was going to say, we've just got the Cthulhu ones. <laughs> Lady Valentine, you're looking ghost this evening. <laughs> Kiss my shog off. That sort of thing. Anyway, um, after brushing we... the Doctor off and picking him out of the Polisarian boulders, we yes. um, went back to the ship to find the some The whole nefarious... party went back to the ship. That That's six of us? Just find yeah, somebody you and you've got to go out back and forgot the keys. You've got to go back after two hours yes. because you won't, you know, you couldn't stay out too long. So you're going to just have a thorough test of the equipment, check around the place, come back, regroup, and decide what to uh, explore. Obviously, Lord and Lady Redgrave were looking around the pyramid, and they're particularly keen to explore that. So I think they're looking to rush back to finish their explorations. But unfortunately, there's been a development. Who can tell me what the development was? What did you see through the square window? It's Nick's favourite character. Uh, <laughs> it's Reverend <laughs> Green. <Max Jolity>. The... <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no. He'd be dead straight away. We just I'll just take my helmet off and die now. <laughs> um, I can't believe I've created an NPC which, which drives people to suicide their characters. Can, can you not? He'll turn up one day and be the hero of a piece, but he'll just die immediately and nobody will know. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going to play him as a character. I swear to God, oh, I'm going to play a game. What, the Maybe Squatch in UK or something? The X, but yeah, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the comedian in Watchmen only. But funny. More northern. <laughs> and not psychotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Psychotic in a different yeah, way. I'm going to be entirely uh, honest with you. I was very disappointed by the number of jokes the comedian actually told. Him. Yes. If, if you well, so none. Well, the point is that he sees life as a joke. That's the whole idea. Yeah, of the but comedian. where's the evidence? Well, he just he doesn't take it seriously until his practice cynicism is cracked by Adrian. Being pushed out there. Adrian's all... terrible plan. That's all very well, yeah, fine, great, but where are his one-liners? Where are the mother-in-law gags? <laughs> I, th- I think you're taking his name a bit too literally. Where, where are the classics like, what a, what a wonderful day for going up to the Kremlin, knocking on the door and asking, is Lenin? Where, where are oh. the jokes like that? <laughs> what a wonderful day for throwing whitewash on the pigeons and then saying, see how you like it. I thought I was the world's greatest lover, then I discovered my first three girlfriends were asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because that happened to me. Anyway, let's um, let's move on. Come on, we haven't the, even got past the recap there. The <laughs> engineer, the <laughs> engineer. As far as I can say, the recap is like a full adventure, but it cuts out the crap. <laughs> <laughs> the engineer Andrew Murgatroyd, we knocked out through the window, and it turned out he wasn't the engineer at all. He was Reverend Green. 
the flat earth what? fundamentalist Christian lunatic who has not what only walloped Murgatroyd and the square jawed Lieutenant Bates um, and lock them in the airlock so that we can't open the door without killing them. Wrote a surprisingly wordy notice on a small blackboard. Mm. Well, he hasn't actually got a blackboard. He's got a, he's got a pad and a crayon. You've got a blackboard. Luxury. But it was surprisingly honest, wordy for a small pad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of difference, <laughs> no. but you know, if you're going to be precise. <laughs> yes, let's have the right mental image. So he was demanding to speak, though I don't know how to that's going to work, to Lord Redgrave. Yeah, to and that is the cliffhanger him. upon which we left it. Yeah. Right. So you're all out there. You all look, uh, well pretty much identical, uh, apart from size, because you're all wearing Redgrave uh, patented breathing apparatus. And I'm covered in pumice stuff. And dust. you're covered in pumice, but yeah. So, what's going to happen? I was going to drag Lord Redgrave towards the... Um... We'll, we'll work out which one's Redgrave, right, yes. So there are, there are six... Well, you know which one's Redgrave. It's quite... quite yeah. If you're quite close to him, you can see his face through the, yeah. through the thing. Well, from from a distance, to... you all look much the same. Yeah. Presumably, Reverend Green's field of view is not Great. He's, uh, he's a little bit thing. higher than you. He's looking through the observation windows. Um, so can I sort of shuffle the closer sun. to the astronef until I'm basically out of his field of view? You mean uh, underneath the astronef? Yeah. Um, yes, because the astronef, don't forget, is is curved. The uh, yeah. I suppose the tumble home, if you wanted to use a, a nautical term, it's it's quite extreme. So if you walk up towards where the ladder is that leads up to the opening... You'd be underneath the window and you couldn't really see it. You can talk, and of right. course you can walk around the other side of it. Now, he can see all the way round if he's facing in that direction. He can go to any side of the observation. Right, so he's, he's in the observation thing. Yeah. yeah, but he's basically looking at you lot. So I'm going to try and move out of his field of vision without looking like I'm trying to, or just sort of... I was dragging end, Lord Redgrave towards the... Uh, Bit on the window. Okay. Um, Do we now... know if there's any other e- entrances, exits, hatches? There are several. Presumably, are... there's a maintenance hatches and stuff. There, yeah. They are, however, not usually uh, operable under these circumstances. Right. There is a hatch in Andrew Murgatroyd's quarters, which is certainly openable from the inside, but not necessarily from the outside. It might be, but it isn't an airlock. No. Now, but that's not a problem no, for us. No, but they're in the airlock. That's not a problem for you. We can vent you. the ship. Well, yeah, they're in the airlock, exactly. So the only one who's, the who's in trouble is yeah. uh, good old Reverend Green. And let's see if his faith is strong enough to survive without That's oxygen. if he's telling the truth and they are in the airlock. Absolutely. That's so a good point. The airlock has no porthole, so you so can't, you can't tell. In. You're taking his word for what's happened. So you know that there are potentially two people who are on board... They are presumably incapacitated or at least locked out of the observation deck. I should make clear, the observation deck can be sealed off from the rest of the ship because, of course, it's a weak point. Yeah. Although it's got laminated reinforced glass. But if it blew... If it's, if it, and there are steel shutters that can be brought down as well in the event of things like um, meteor showers. So in the event it's compromised, you can actually all go downstairs and shut the thing off yeah. and you have a kind of sealed hole. Um you can also patch things up. There are naturally repair kits with putty and plates that are designed. Repair kit. <laughs> Effectively, yeah. 
And of course, you've got your breathing apparatus. The yeah. problem is holding the astronaut in a massive bucket of water <laughs> while you work out where the puncture is. Yeah, if you stand outside with a piece of chalk drawing a ring around it, yes. <laughs> roughing it up with sandpaper and applying the patch. That's basically the, the procedure. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, as far as sneaking around, um, from where you are now, there is an entrance into the observation deck of the ladder. You can't use that without him seeing it. Um, plus, that one isn't an airlock. Right, so that will be locked from the inside. Green wasn't wearing a a reliable, dependable he breathing. He certainly is not wearing breathing, a, not breathing. Do we know that he can operate the outside of the airlock from the bridge, or is it only manual openable from the airlock? No, uh, none of the hatches or anything like that are kind of remote operable. So if they're in the airlock, what's he going to do? But he could have gone in and tied them up, so yeah, they can't. We yeah, could. What, what the he's done? He's, He's put them in yes. there so that you can't come in through the airlock. Yes, exactly. Yes, but we but if we do, deck. as you said, if we do storm <laughs> the observation deck, what's he going to do? Yeah. Well, other than panic horribly, and... you, you would know that the all the hatches can be locked from the inside. Ah, right. So the observation deck one probably is. It's locked. probably locked. Now, of course, you can break in. But that presents its own difficulties. For one thing... We'd have to repair it before we went anyway. Yes, but of course it potentially could take time. Depending how you actually breach either the glass or the hull, it's going to take some time to do. I mean, the astronef is armoured. Don't forget it's equipped with a ram at the front. How obvious is it? If If he's talking to Redgrave or gesticulating or doing whatever he does. Well, he's basically, how, how... he's got to get close and he's got to write things down and they've got to hold things so up. So it's possible we could sneak up to the observation deck if Redgrave keeps him talking. Yes, but if you get up to the observation deck, you, the only way you can get up there is up one ladder. You will basically appear within his field of so view. So what you about the other hatches? The other hatch, the one to Murgatroyd's quarters is... is um, well, you won't be able to get to it at the moment because the astronaut is basically sitting on it. Yeah. It's not going to have enough clearance for it all. But the gravity's low that I am basically the Hulk, so I'll just heft the astronaut up while Lady Lady Valentine... Right, so the gravity is something like one-sixth, isn't it? Yeah, so that makes wow. me Superman, doesn't How it? How many tons is the astronaut? <laughs> I, I reckon <laughs> I could lift about a tonne. <laughs> Probably. So right. once the doctor's been crushed under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Incredibly, although no sound travels in a vacuum, you can hear a squish. The puffing noises from the, uh, the tendons and muscles of the doctor. Can okay, we, well, not, we bang I'm on gesturing the and to. See if we can hear anybody we can't, banging on the other side. We don't know what's going on. Can, oh, yeah, good point. Bang bang on the airlock, see if anybody bangs back from the other side. I mean, I know it's armoured and metal, but you can still hear through it. We've got pickaxes, for God's sake. Right, you can't hear through it. You can't hear through it. Well, no. Can you? Can we hold? You're standing in a vacuum. But we could hold our hands on it and feel. Right. Okay. Okay. That's 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 more like it. Um, You can have a go at it now. If you're going to go round to the airlock, try to get out of his. Well, you sort of walk towards the ship and he's oh. there looking at you, holding these things up so you can see them. Sure. Um, and Nick, you were talking about sneaking out of his... Yeah. So obviously, side. if we obviously went out of his view, he'd see that we'd left. Yeah. Well, so I'm okay. just going to look as if, you know, I'm making room for everyone and just moving well, around, but it. actually trying is, do it How sneakily. are you going about the sneaking? Are you going to attempt to sort of a bit of misdirection, a bit of... Yeah, of sort of turning around, gesturing to, sort of to Redgrave and... Okay. Uh, so from 
from a stats point of view then is this effectively a sort of an acting job or are you just trying to be very very stealthy and you know you kind of shuffle off without appearing to have walked anywhere are well, you kind of um, doing that bit where you sort of what's pivot your, your feet slightly what is your stealth and I do actually have a stealth skill yeah um, we both do two I think okay yeah I, whereas I haven't got acting but I think I would the way I described it it's more of a misdirection um, pointing at Redgrave and sort of gesturing an accident, you know, taking a few steps back as I do it and not looking like I'm meaning to, but just ending up positioned okay. out of his field of view. So, what's your soul stat? Ooh, not oh, I got soul. I got soul <laughs> uh, on on a bowl. Uh, it's four. Oh, more than uh, I have. What, what's your sneak? Uh, two. But I what? have got five in psychology. That well, if you want to work something out about him and how he might react, that's a different thing. I will let you average your soul and your sneak in Three. order to basically be sneaky while doing some misdirection. Is he actually watching okay. Lord Redgrave scribble whatever it is? Okay, at the moment he doesn't know who Lord Redgrave is. <laughs> no, no, I meant it, uh, is, are they trying to communicate by? I presume Lord Redgrave has gone to well, the front and is writing something on his pad. See, we should have a system where it's gold jersey for sort of command staff, maybe blue for medical, see, you know, that sort of thing. That'd never work, would it? No, okay, it's this crazy idea. No, 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 that's silly. Plus, everyone would just think you were wearing a kind of a mustard coloured jersey. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it'd have to be a good gold. You wouldn't want it to look like some terrible tatty. Now, what happens if you put a bit of weight on? Inevitably, if you've got, like, you're wearing just a jersey or a polo shirt or something, you know, you you don't really look that great, do you? Well, we'd you get the, the fleet, the starship fleet. Uniform. We'd, we'd want the fleet to issue corsets and wigs to anyone who <laughs> went out of shape. Again, not the Georgian period. <laughs> corsets and wigs are worn, but not, generally speaking, by men in the Edwardian period. <laughs> Can I sneak under the astronaut, please? Well, actually, they do have them still in the Edwardian period. Health corsets for men. Oh, yeah. Health I mean, corsets. You'll, mm. you'll get corsets for men, and no, you'll get no, wigs I for shall, men. Yeah. But as a general, sort of, you know, everybody knows you're wearing them. Yeah, generally not. <laughs> no. Do you know, of all the digressions I thought we'd get to, I didn't think <laughs> man corsets would be, uh, would be the yeah. one. A bit of whalebone and a good powdered peruke. You didn't see it coming. <laughs> I'm going to tick my box for that. You have a peruke box, <laughs> presumably to keep the wig. <laughs> Are you a wig in supporter? <laughs> Carry on. Um, so yes, you're, you're I was trying to think watch. of a box. Is Lord Redgrave writing on his right. pad? At the moment, the two of you were close enough to see what Reverend Green was talking about. Right. Yes. Lord Redgrave and Ips and who the hell are uh, Gutteridge? Yeah. Sort of caught up. Yeah. So they're all there, but they were a bit. They were basically behind you. So yes. you two have seen the situation, right? So it's it, Lord Redgrave doesn't know at the moment that he's needed. Or well, I was tugging he's... on his arm and pointing right. yes. towards so the you're... front of the astronaut, okay, and I'm so using just... that. I've been doing it since the as my misdirection. <laughs> That's fine. That's understood. So in that case, yes, he will step forward, and he will read what um, Green yes. is writing. Yes, we'll leave him to. Hear communicate with Green and we'll... Yeah, because the minute we turn away, we've no idea what's being said. 
Right. Unless we look at Redgrave's blackboard. But it's just going to be a load of claptrap about the Earth's flat and this is a theatrical studio or something. So there's no point looking at it. Well, it's possible. No, Are you sure the it isn't the case? I'm staying around because Nick's going to say Well, I suppose I could take my helmet off and see if I immediately <laughs> suffocate. Now you think about it, it was a really smooth takeoff, almost like you weren't flying at all. So you can't fool me with that claptrap green. <laughs> I saw the Earth from space. That would be a hell you know, of a painting. You're talking to your own inside of your own helmet. Nobody can hear. Did you, you see the Earth from space, though? <laughs> I space. No one saw? can hear you conjecture. <laughs> yeah, that's why you always have rewrites before the theatrical release. You see, <laughs> in space, no one can hear you pontificate. It just none of it works. Really. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you Elaborate. at all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you. That would have been a good one. That would have been much more <laughs> catch-all. Yeah, anyway, shall I roll my it. stealth skill? For me, it would have been funnier if it was actually about a bloke called Alan and they just misspelt the, uh, all the posters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do carry That's how, if they do get round to doing an Alan Partridge movie, they should do it like that. Anyway, <laughs> I shall have. But so we digress. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling my now, dice. Now, I'm, I'm rolling. Next to Rodgrave and reading the I may, novel. I may actually pinch that. Watson Hall. We digress. Maybe our tagline. <laughs> I'm rolling my dice now. You Go can't stop me. What for edging backwards? <laughs> this is my average uh, of body right. and soul. Yeah, average of um, soul and stealth. Hang on, I'm desperately looking up Reverend Green's stats so I can see whether or not he can spot me. Oh, it's not a terrible roll. So good luck. Observer. Good luck with that. Rev. Forgot his stats are actually in a different adventure. <laughs> oh dear. I'm just not much organised enough to be a GM. I'm much better as a player because I basically do nothing. Uh, Peacock, Scarlet, Plop. Yeah, there's a bit of a theme actually. I didn't notice that before. Ah, I think it's news to me. Okay, the Reverend Amos Green. That's the fella. So, you've got a skill of effectively of three, I believe. Yes. And he's got... What have you rolled? Five. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Uh, and what are you doing, Lady Valentine? I'm standing next to Lord Redgrave, staring... Pad to board, pad to board. Okay. <laughs> Are you attempting to keep an eye on Dr. Crowther? Yes, yeah, sort of. I'm sort of side on, sort of. Right. You now you've got to look in three different places at once. You can't look at anybody side on. Ah, you basically no, have true. to turn. Don't forget, you can't even turn your head. You have almost no peripheral vision. <laughs> right. Well, don't keep looking <laughs> at me in that case. That will be no, quite obvious. When this I turn to look at Lord Redgrave. When I turn to look at Lord Redgrave, I'm presuming you're heading off behind him somewhere. <laughs> right. Please don't give me the thumbs up. Yes. I can't yeah. see you. Are <laughs> you? Yeah, that's good. Back a bit. Well, so far, Dr. Crowther, there's no obvious indication that you've been spotted. 
to Very be fair, what obvious indication would I receive? <laughs> I can't see the professor or hear the reverend, so I'm just going to assume that I've done all right. Right. I mean, everything. At least so I don't have to worry about moving right. silently. No, you don't have to worry about that, but you do have to worry about things like kicking up clouds of moon dust. And presumably it's very bright, is it? It's quite bright. Yeah. But that's working right. a little bit in your favour, because he can't look straight out at that. You know, he has to sort of... Uh, if he's looking in certain directions, he has to shade his eyes a bit. Um, now, do I remember... Oh, no, I can't get to the other hatch. So there's only one entrance other than the airlock. Effectively... Can I get within... Oh, hit myself. Um, within thumping distance of the laminated glass, and do I think I'd be strong enough to smash it? You've got a pickaxe. Right. You have a pickaxe, um, and possibly other tools that you've got with you, uh, items that might be able to breach the glass. If you are going to attempt to get to a point where he can't see you, that's yes. going to be more difficult, because the ladder is on the side where he is. You've seen you've seen a picture of the astronaut, haven't you? Yes. It's effectively yeah. got a sort of got you know it's like it's got a greenhouse stuck on top of it. Right. Greenhouse stuck on top of a submarine. Yes, effectively. <laughs> so it's difficult if you get up there, if he happens to turn and face you, or if you step up within his peripheral vision, he will see you, no doubt about it. The only way but... you can do that is to get up behind him, and be quiet enough that he can't hear you. Well. In space, no one can hear you. He can so. hear you because if you make a noise on the hull, it can be heard inside. Damn you, vibrations! Um, I will. Uh, actually, that came out a bit wrong. Um, I'll. Um, I, I, I'm going to figure that. What's he going to do anyway? If I get, if he sees it, I'll try not he to be have seen. A gun. Well, then he's going to kill himself, presumably. So, I, I'm going to try my hardest not to be seen, but on the basis that he's. In just as much trouble as me, if they, if it gets breached, I'm going to climb up the ladder as sneakily as I can. How does it stand with your conscience, though, if a man dies because of what you're doing? Well, I hope he won't. Right. But um, and as I say, he's putting all our lives at risk. So you're going to because come up the we've ladder. only got a. Lim- is that what you're well, saying? Well, the, the ladder. Is there's no other way to climb the. Can I climb halfway up the ladder and then start clambering round the side of the astronaut? Are there any handholds at all? Certainly not. No, that's extremely tough. You may be able to climb using your pickaxe. But he will definitely hear that. He'll definitely hear you. So there's no option really other than the ladder because I suppose I could try and jump. Have I tried jumping? You haven't tried jumping, no. Um. How high is the astronef? Oh, um, not too high. Let me just. Now I have done a number of experiments in in near zero gravity. Let me just check my schematics yes. of the astronef, which don't appear to have a scale on them. Oh yes, they do. Okay, fifty feet. Has it not? Uh, my audio person standing next to it going. No, funnily enough, it hasn't. No, I'm presuming <laughs> those are feet, since this is a British thing. Um, no, I don't want to disable. So it's that. about fifty feet tall. No, that's that's just the length of the scale. It's approximately oh. thirty feet could... from the keel to the top of the conning tower. Think house. So you would say maybe fifteen feet would take you up to the uh, the top of the ladder. First, floor, first floor window. 
Do you know, I reckon I could do that because I used to high jump for Eton back in the day. In in a diving suit. In a in a massive diving suit <laughs> in zero gravity. Well, not zero gravity. Um, I think I could jump 15 to 30 feet because I can jump about five feet anyway. And I should be able to jump six times higher. So I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to get right round the back of the astronef and bounce up like a demented kangaroo <laughs> as high as I can. Right. Do I just see the doctor sailing right. over the top? <laughs> <laughs> Do I go into orbit around the moon? No, you wouldn't reach Let me just speed. confirm, because I, I do tend to take people at their word. You did say demented kangaroo. That's what you're going for. That's. I think that's what I'll look like, whatever Not I'm doing. a spirited for. bounce. Right. So you've got the astronef, the body is the sort of elongated cigar, that's all armoured steel. I'm, I'm not on going right that, at the pointy end and impaling myself on the sharp What bit. are you aiming to hit? Yeah. Are you well aiming done, to me. jump at? So I'm just explaining it. So above that, then, you've got the observation deck inside yes. the screen. And above that, at one end, is the conning tower. Which so is what I would particularly tower, like so is to get thinking? right over the observation deck and land on the conning tower. Okay. Jump up and hang that on might something. be a superhuman jump, well, but on, on this on this planet with Earth's yellow sun, I have superhuman spat. powers. Once you've <laughs> snuck around out of sight, which you have, sneaking around all the way so that you're on the other side of the the vessel is no difficulty at all. So you can get yourself right, in yep. position and you know take a few steps. Do I hear just a kaboing? Do, do a bit of a Nigel Havers <laughs> hurdling maneuver if you want. Do, 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 do. Just um, put a few champagne glasses out there so jump over them. Okay, uh, and I'm going to leap a small spaceship in a single right. bound. Uh, are you just carrying all the equipment you've got with you? Anything particular you want to make sure you carry with you or anything you want to make sure you drop? I want my pickaxe and two yep. flares and well, the flares are going to be in a little satchel or something, so that's yeah. fine. Uh, camera, I'm probably not. I'm not trusted with the camera anyway. The camera. I'm not going to worry about the blackboard <laughs> because I, I can probably. Well, that's yes. stuck to your belt or something. Yeah, yeah the, the, black, the blackboard's on a little. Um, they talk, they're all on little hooks that sort of hang off your belt. So that's We've not got utility belts. An issue. <laughs> so mainly, sure, I just want the the pickaxe is the only thing I'm holding. Right. Because if I'm going to... too high, I can try oh, and clang into the astronef. So what is your um. Jump, body, or athletics, <laughs> something relevant. Uh, I have neither. I have. I do have a body. You of definitely three. have body. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no other useful skill. I, it would be body. I think. Right. Okay. Oh dear. Whereas I have athletics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should have thought of it. If only you could communicate in some way. Yes, shame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to gesticulate by flying off into space. So your body is. <laughs> You won't reach uh, terminal <laughs> three. Escape velocity. Well, it, can we not use the phrase terminal velocity, please? No, that's great. That's when you fall down again. <laughs> I think on the moon, I I have a non-terminal terminal velocity. Hopefully. Did you say three? Um, three is what I, I said. No, heading into orbit is escape velocity. Yes. Yeah. Coming back down would be the terminal bit. Yeah. Well, it depends, because you can, of course, achieve escape velocity on the moon and achieve terminal velocity Rusty at the end of your journey on Earth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'll have suffocated and frozen long before then. Uh, possibly. Keep flapping your arms about. I'll keep you warm. <laughs> right, um, so we've got three. Are you going to roll yeah. for it? Yeah. Come on, lucky dice. 
Oh, three! <laughs> well, you needed a good roll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. This is not easy. Um, Lady Valentine, yeah. the, the excitement is, is palpable as you stand in complete silence watching Lord Redgrave peer forwards occasionally to try and make out what Reverend Green is reading and then scratching out a reply on his slate and holding it up. You only get into the half a conversation, really. Um, quite clearly, Reverend Green is Barking. demanding that. Well, yes, <laughs> but he's demanding that Lord Redgrave admit his part in the spherist heresy and conspiracy, admit that he has faked uh, all of the evidence and the photographs, and that he's colluded with the scientists who have faked experiments to show that the Earth is curved. Uh, and that it is a blasphemous uh, notion that goes against all the teachings of uh, of God and Christ. Can Lord does it, does it not shake like his argument at all? Like... And point at the, po- the yeah. earth <laughs> <laughs> You're on the no, moon, it's you know. It's, it's, a complete, it's all a complete fake. Um, yeah. It's quite, quite clear he's got an answer for everything. And he is insisting that Lord Redgrave um, write out a, a confession, which... Uh, Green will dictate, <coughs> copy it down, sign it, and it will say that yes, you know, he's done it, he's colluded, he's been responsible for um, perpetuating these spherist uh, theories, and it will have to appear in a dozen newspapers. Now, Lord Redgrave has either uh, uh, major shares or serious interests in an awful lot of newspapers and publishing things. Yes. So, if he says he's going to do that, it will happen. He'll he'll very easily get things in the paper. Plus, he's, at the moment, one of the most famous men in the world. And um, so he's going to want this confession signed, and then as soon as he has that, Green is absolutely happy. He's going to go to Earth and, and, you know, show that it's all a Go to Earth from the moon that he's currently on. Yeah. Yes, how how is he planning to doing that? (laughs) Exactly. Well, on the astronaut. (laughs) Of course, because if, I mean, if Lord Redgrave, he's well known, he's a man of his word, if he signs a confession saying he's going to do these things, then why would Green assume that he wouldn't do them? Does it not affect his argument at all that he's having this conversation on the moon? (laughs) Well, the moon doesn't affect, I mean, he knows about the moon, it doesn't affect the fact that the Earth is flat, does it? As you're possibly thinking of a few of these things, Lady Valentine, you get, um, you've seen Wallace and Gromit, haven't you? You get this sight of a, a I resent slightly... that. I rolled a fantastic <laughs> jump. But Gromit's the clever one. Wensleydale. <laughs> so imagine Wallace, if you will. Um, if if you could if you could hear him shouting, they're the wrong trousers and they've gone wrong. Um, arms flailing somewhat wildly uh, as he um, powers himself higher than anyone has a right it to. Does a jump. perfect Even arc over the top arc. of the astronaut. <laughs> You you watch as the um, the rather dramatic form of uh, Doctor Crowther appears over the conning tower and in a perfectly timed parabola lands plumb atop it. Um, you can't hear anything. Impaled no, by the he, he barely, barely <laughs> impaled on the massive spike. Unfortunately, yeah, no, the, the spikes at the front. The conning tower doesn't have a spike. Unfortunately, the pickaxe goes straight through the porthole on the front of his helmet. <laughs> And he, he shoots off like a slowly deflating <laughs> balloon in the direction of Earth. Boom, the end. Or what actually happens is that oh. he just he lands, sort of comes to a crouch, balances himself with the pickaxe, and stands absolutely stock still for a moment. Reverend Green, you notice, looks around himself wildly. 
but you haven't heard anything. It's all been very, very bizarre. Cause it's completely well, I'll obviously have realised it's, yeah, he's got a quick You've got a fair idea what just happened. Yeah. You are an engineer, you know how this sort of thing works. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. if a lunatic in lead boots lands on your roof and you're in a metal building, <laughs> you can hear it happen. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a lunatic. lunatic, it could be anyone in lead boots. Well, you are on the moon, therefore a lunatic seems the most likely. Clever. I'm, I'm not <laughs> a tick. Got a response to that. <laughs> I'm a lunar doc. Is Nor Redgrave having any response? Oh, that to... doesn't get a laugh. But you go for lunatic. Sorry, carry is on. Is Nor Redgrave having any Tough like crowd. resolution to this conversation, or is he basically humouring him? Or... Well, he appears to have, um, have reached a point where um, Reverend Green sort of looks around. Mildly, and Redgrave is kind of waving his arm to try and catch his attention, and he does, and writes something, holds it up, and Green nods, writes something else, and holds it up, which says that um, uh, it's fine, no more than five minutes is what it says. Right. And Lord Redgrave turns away at this point and gestures to you and everyone else who's out there, and you take a couple of steps back. To be honest, you could be right by the window and Green couldn't tell what you were talking about anyway since you no. can't communicate between each other without the, the wires and he couldn't read your um, slates from that distance. Uh, but Lord Redgrave looks across uh, to his wife, plugs the communication cord back in and you can see him sort of gesticulating a little. They're obviously communicating. And um, it's very difficult to tell when somebody nods but they do generally move the whole yeah. um, helmet assembly. Well, otherwise you'd smack your head on the front of your yeah. port riser. <laughs> they, yeah, occasionally, occasionally see a splat of Ow. blood uh, as again he breaks his nose. No. Um, he uh, unplugs from the uh, the suit of his wife, turns round and uh, plugs in with, um, well, it's gutteridge or ips, you can't tell, they look much alike in this outfit. And again, goes through the same sort of thing and eventually works his way around to you and uh, plugs in. Uh, he's having to hurry because, of course, you've only got five minutes. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, <clears throat> Lady Valentine, I think you understand the situation. Just to summarise, uh, Reverend Green has taken uh, two of our men hostage. Uh, they are bound and helpless without breathing apparatus in the uh, airlock. And obviously uh, there's only a limited amount of air in there. But on top of that, it means that we can't enter without uh, endangering their lives quite severely, most likely causing their deaths. So the only way we can get on board the astronef is if Green takes them out of the airlock, repressurizes, and then we can all enter. In order for him to do that, he is insisting that I sign a confession, which will then be published in a dozen newspapers, uh, stating that I have faked the matter of um, space travel and the evidence that suggests that the Earth is a sphere as he insists, as you may have seen with his flat earth. Yes, um, Lord Redgrave, the Doctor is trying to get in from the top of the observation deck from the conning tower. He's got a pickaxe. Yes, I did see him, and I didn't want to draw attention no, to No, no, I just uh, I thought he'd let you know. Can we spin this out slightly longer? Perhaps he'll, it will give him a bit more time. I'm concerned. He said only five minutes, and I, I suspect that he well, means it. He'll have. I, I know it sounds horrible, but I, the... can we possibly, you know, break the observation I mean, do we know for sure that our comrades are in the uh, airlock? They would be safe if we vented the ship. It seems very likely. If they were anywhere else uh, in the body of the ship and he was simply in uh, in the observation deck, the two can be sealed off from one another. Uh, But they would then have access to the spare breathing dress and would be able to come out. 
And the weapons, I presume. There are weapons downstairs, yes. Although, to be honest, there are also a couple of uh, small firearms. Does he appear to be armed, sir? Uh, can you see from where you were? Did he have a, one of the rifles? I couldn't see a rifle or anything, because we're, we're at a very low angle here. We can't see anything nice. he's got around I understand. his feet. Well, but certainly uh, the bunk beds and so on are up in that area, along with personal equipment, and that does include some firearms. On top of that, there are many tools on board that could easily be wielded as a weapon. Well, what would you suggest, sir, as, as leader of that? And knowing the astronaut yourself, is there any way we could disable him from out here? Well, not without stranding ourselves, and then it becomes a matter of hours, uh, the slow death, or the alternative is, well, too terrible to contemplate. If we were to vent the ship somehow from outside, is it really possible to repressurize it? You're suggesting murder? I'm afraid to say, sir, it may come to that. We do have the lives of all ourselves and our two colleagues in the ship. From outside the ship, the only way to vent the internal atmosphere is to cause a substantial breach, either in the observation room glass, which is not easy, or the hull itself, which, frankly, with the tools we have, would take quite some time. Um, I can't think how you would overcome it quickly. Uh, he would have ample opportunity to cause harm to Murgatroyd and uh, Bates, assuming that they are not at large themselves, of course, but I, I fear that he has overpowered them. Well, I, I can understand is where he was hiding in the first place. How he got on board. He shouldn't have been able to get onto the factory ground. But that that's for another time. We have only moments. Then perhaps we have uh, hopes rest for the Doctor, sir. Well, I have to ask, do you know what the Doctor is planning? Because any as action as I know, on his he... part could jeopardise our comrades. He was considering on breaking the glass in the observation deck. I see. Uh, I've no idea how the Reverend Green will react. Uh, it'll be very um, obvious the moment he's under an assault. Well, ha hmm. do you know, sir, I mean, I have done calculations myself, but how quickly would the event from the observation deck were the, the glass to be shattered? Well, at least I presume he's, is he using a pickaxe? Pickaxe. Hmm. It's triple laminated with um, Canadian balsam resin. Uh, it's extremely difficult to, to fracture. You may get through a couple of layers, but it'll, I think, take a couple of blows from a very strong man <coughs> to uh, to penetrate it completely. Is Don't there... worry for me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, Is there any way no we can one. adapt our geological <laughs> equipment to uh, storming the observation deck? The flares, perhaps, are very powerful. The flares, oh, the, the photographic flares, that's a thought. They certainly they could be used they, they have to enough heat through. to melt through. Um, several of them together the could air actually. Well, well several the of them together could definitely. Else. They could burn through the hole potentially, but it would take a, a great many of them. It would be very small. Oh, I, I can't see that working time. They could certainly get through the glass. He'd be able to see us doing it, of course. Well, if we were doing it at the back of the observation deck, or perhaps while we were distracting him, but I'm, him. I'm just concerned. I mean, obviously, I, if I have to put my name to a confession, then um, as a gentleman, I would have to stand by it regardless. Inevitably, I'd be able to, to take action against him back on Earth, but perhaps the damage would be done at that stage. Um, perhaps. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I hasten to string out what we're doing at the moment, but could your wife take photographs of him holding us hostage from the observation deck? 
Well, while while this is going on, I suppose she must well have recorded evidence that he is holding this hostage. She yeah. could, uh, yes, I can certainly suggest it. Um, if Breen asks, I suppose we could say that we're recording uh, as extra evidence in addition to my signed confession. Uh, he may perhaps go for that. Um, uh, what of course, happens with so on the moon stays, stays on, on the moon. moon. Yeah, unless you jump too. Then I, I devise an attempt at storming the deck with the, the flares. So, uh, if the doctor cannot, mm. if you don't think the doctor is please successful. Well, unfortunately, we can't communicate with the Doctor without either being very, very visible, uh, <laughs> or uh, or perhaps taking more time than we actually have at the moment. Uh, oh, damn it all! Can you it's ask for more time, it's sir? A difficult I mean... enough exploration that we're doing in the first place. We've only got limited resources, and then this this damned fanatic comes up. Is there anything in the, in the pyramids, sir, that uh, we could use? We only had time to go into a couple of rooms. It's Oh, it's fascinating. We need to get back there as quickly as possible. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. That is, that is why we're here. Well, there is always really the chance that... You did say there was air further down, so... Well, that's in some of the, the very deep uh, canyons and so on, where there are, unfortunately, rather uh, inimical life forms. I, I don't think we want to head into that sort of direction. Plus, we would need the astronaut to get down there. Then perhaps the, the flares were our only hope at the moment. You may be right. How many flares do you have on you? Um, on our wheelbarrow, we had about three or four. Uh, the doctors didn't take any with him because he had a pickaxe. It may be that he provided the distraction for us to light the Possibly. flares. Uh, very well. I'll, I shall check with Lady Redgrave and uh, see if she can arrange the camera and will perhaps slow the situation down. At this point, um, you start catching a, a, a glint, quite blinding at times. And when you look in the direction uh, where it's coming from, the Reverend Green is holding what appears to be a shaving mirror, which he is flashing in order to direct light onto you, because Lord Redgrave has got his back to him. All right. And shouting and banging at the window. I point. I, I sort of point at the window and turn Lord Redgrave uh, round. <laughs> the Reverend Green isn't an idiot, <laughs> but he, he's also never been on the moon before, and it's only just getting through to him that no matter how much he bangs on a window. Nobody can hear you him. You can hear him. <laughs> uh, yes. He was probably a little bit taken aback by the, the loud clanging. but um... While I'm still plugged into Lord Redgrave, I suggest to him that we take advantage of the fact that Green doesn't know the situation and we can make it harder to appear harder to communicate than it is. And this may be take a longer time to do than he wants us to. Excellent suggestion, Lady Valentine. Well, um... <sighs> If we th if we think of anything, um, just try and communicate with uh, with Ips and Gutteridge, and um, uh, Lady Redgrave will of course be taking the photographs as you suggested. That may be for the best in the long run. Uh, he unplugs himself, turns around, waves rather broadly at Reverend Green, takes a few steps forwards, and you see him write something down um, in response to a, a a board that the Reverend Green has held up, saying, "What is the noise?" and um, Redgrave holds up his slate in a moment, and uh, Green looks a little bit dubious, but nods, and then carries on and starts getting into quite an in-depth thing. Uh, you can see his Redgrave sort of standing there, just holding his slate to his side while he reads what the Reverend has written. He's jotted down a meteor shower, so you would suggest that he's he's um, trying suggesting to suggesting an idea for a, what it was. He, he's he's trying to suggest that um, that the. the, the the sound impacting the hull wasn't, in fact, a lead-footed doctor landing on the roof. I'm going to edge back towards the others, 
not noticeably obvious and try and collect flares in a non-obvious way. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll get back to that because you've obviously got to communicate your yes. intention. Uh, Lady Redgrave is setting up the uh, uh, the main camera that she's got. Uh, and again, this sort of creates some agitation in green, but the communication's going on with Redgrave, so it's going to take a while to dictate this confession. Yeah. Meanwhile, having stood still for a few moments after the, uh, you know it would have been a loud noise, uh, <laughs> Dr. Crowther is, is basically on top of the world, Ma. You are standing <laughs> atop the conning Made tower. Okay, now what is on the conning tower? The conning tower is an almost flat surface. It's flat enough for you to stand on. Um, the boots don't have a huge amount of grip, but you're you're okay. You know, you're not going to in any danger of sliding off. It right. has windows around the front part of it. <coughs> it is a kind of a narrow, um, almost like a pear-shaped sort of thing at the front. Uh, a right. bit like a submarine conning tower. So without okay. hatch, it doesn't really have any fins or anything. There's an area. Does it have a hatch? Uh, actually, on the conning tower, Jim. Like a submarine. I'm, I'm looking at the map of the Astronef, and there's a big black patch on the conning tower. Astro, I haven't looked at the... Is that a hatch? Uh, on the conning tower, there is not a hatch. Uh, so or, what's ah, the... No, that is the hatch yes. that leads down the stairs into the observation deck. If you're looking at the little oval... Yes. Yeah. The top yes. down. That's not the roof of the conning tower. That's mm. leading into the observation deck. So if you oh, that's in the... inside yeah. the conning tower. Yeah. I, d- I don't suppose way... it's any narrower the conning tower or any. So there's a hatch in between the conning tower and the observation deck. Yes, there is. And so is that sealed at the minute? Can I peek in? I mean, I can't get. Basically, if I break this window on the conning tower. I'm not going to kill the Reverend because he's sealed off. At the moment, the hatch appears to be closed. Doesn't necessarily mean it's sealed because it's closed as a matter of course for a safety thing. You put the hatch down. Mm. Yes. You know, um, Nobody trips over it. Though, it's just a, a sort of procedural habit. If you're if you're in the conning tower, you don't want to accidentally step backwards and fall down the the thing. And if you're not. If there's a uh, anything like a strike or a failure in the conning tower, you don't necessarily want the hatch open, so you've got to run and shut it in the event of a breach. And there's so... no vents or anything. I know this shouldn't be because it's a spaceship, but there's no other. <laughs> yes, there's no other break. <laughs> there's a chimney. There's no other break in the hull at all in any way. There's no maintenance hatch or vent or anything the around only here. The other things you could possibly get to the. There's the air screws. They're the air screw. Uh, like landing, it like landing wheel things, I guess. Now, course, and can I get into the astronef through the air screw hole? Well, at the moment they're sealed shut because no. they're only used in atmosphere. Because of course, an air screw in a vacuum does nothing. And because you've landed. Um, in, on a moon, you know, got effectively no atmosphere. They're, they're not open. So while it would be a weak point compared to the uh, the hull generally, you would still have to effectively break in. And once you were in, you'd probably then have to break through a couple of reinforcing walls to get into the engineering area and the night cabin, which is what they lead on to. It does look like the conning tower, okay. so anyway, in from the back. Well, 
either the conning tower or you can get... Uh, the observation deck doesn't have a glass ceiling. Mm. You could step down from the conning tower and then swing a pickaxe over the side or go for the hatch, which is towards the back near the conning tower. Now, could Yeah, so could I sneak... Because there's a bit of a lip off the conning tower before the observation deck, isn't there? Yeah, the conning tower so is I could, slightly narrower than the observation. So I could flatten myself against the conning tower and work my way round t- till I'm right over the hatch without the Reverend seeing me, are in we, theory. Just a point, are we going to helpfully post this nice, helpful diagram of... Yes, that might be a good idea. Otherwise the listeners are going, what? I've considered it. I, I have put a, a nice picture of the, uh, the astronaut, which is... Uh, rather uh, generously, uh, Just, we're looking at a really use. useful cutaway diagram. It, it, <laughs> yes, it's very handy. <laughs> so basically, that yeah, it's a little oval poking up from the top of, yeah. of the observation deck. So my plan is to go to the back of it, slide off, and gently lower myself onto the roof of the observation which, which deck. Which is very easy to do because your body weight seems so low here. But I am wearing very heavy lead boots, so I'm just yeah, trying to do that very delicately. Yeah, it's it's quite quite easy. You're not going to have to roll for that. If you, okay. t- if you take the time, if you wanted to rush it, you'd have to. I roll. will. No, I'll take, take the time. The time I'll, I'll see. I'll see what the figures below are doing. But presumably, all I can see them doing is talking to each other and waving arms. Like and... <laughs> well, Ips and Gutteridge. I mean, you you can tell it's it's probably them, but you don't know which is which because, as I say, you can't make out one person from another really. Um, they're sort of standing back now. They could be looking at you. They could be looking at just Green. It's very hard to say because, of course, you can't make out the face and they're, they're just standing far enough back that they can take in the whole ship. You'd suspect that people are rather eagerly watching what you're doing. Um, Lady Redgrave is uh, setting up the camera. She's sort of half disappeared underneath a large um, black cloth as she tries to take some photographs. Is this really the time to be <laughs> taking a photograph? Uh, she appears snaps. to think so. I mean, you've no <laughs> idea what she's doing, really, but that's what she seems to be doing. Um, I might end up on the front of a Boy's Own Adventure serial, maybe. Lady Valentine is edging around, nabbing... That's Hughes's Boy's Own, own not Boy's Own. Okay, they Tug- went around there. We Tugging fuses out the back of people's belts. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's just quickly nip back. Um, how is Lady Valentine communicating what she wants to do? Um, I'm basically just writing flare on blackboard and sort of surreptitiously holding it up to people and then right. taking the flares off their belts and uh, hoping you, they realise this is a you know ploy. Did you I'll, say did you say you had acting or anything like that? No, but I'm doing this facing away from the reverend so it's not obvious that I'm actually doing something. Okay then uh, presumably he might be just go, watching let's Lady for, Redgrave. Let's go for sneak. Well he's presumably watching Lord Redgrave. And yeah um, if he's watching anyone amongst us he'd be watching the lady with the camera. Go go for sneak. I've got stealth, yeah. Yeah, that's the one, stealth, sorry. What do I roll? What have you got? I've got two on stealth. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else I can do? <laughs> no. <laughs> can I do it in Arabic? I've got to do it in Arabic. Can you, can you be stealthy four, in Arabic? Four. You could try walking like an Egyptian. <laughs> four. Good. Well, I'm sorry to tell you that you needed seven or less. So, in actual fact, not a problem. You sort of... Woo-hoo. I made a roll! You, you saunter along as best you can, turn, quickly flash the slate towards them and hold a hand out, and manage to obscure what they're doing from the Reverend Green. Uh, you're now in possession of four flares on top of anything that you may have had with you. So about eight, I guess, yeah. 
you've pretty much got a, a full um, hip satchel, so um, you're, you're fully loaded. Now, back on the astronaut, uh, you can just about see Lord Redgrave. He's writing quite a lot in a in a pad. It's obviously a bit hard for him to hold a, a pencil and paper, but um, he is rather laboriously copying down because he keeps sort of moving his head up and then looking back down. You presume right. that he is uh, copying whatever Green is dictating to him. Pencil sharpener with the big gloves. <laughs> yeah. just, just hold this pencil up. That's why they invented the biro, um, is it? Everlasting pencil. patented pencil. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those posh propelling ones, you know. It was Professor Byro until he mysteriously burned to death in the, <laughs> in the fire in Paris. He was not necessarily responsible for Professor Vanek's death. You are such a... a I don't know. Suspicious, paranoid. <laughs> yes, all of those, really. I mean, Lord Redgrave is a, is a humanitarian. They're probably going to give him the Nobel. Yeah, he only eats humans. <laughs> um, I am going to... Uh, Coming back to the hero of the hour, I am going to shuffle over to. Don't look like that. Um, I'm going to shuffle over to the hatch. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically standing above the hatch. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so the hatch—it's not a wheel lock, is it? It's a a lever arrangement. Yes. Uh, or, as you might like to say, a lever arrangement. Okay. Yes. Sure. I was listening back to what you were saying before. It's a sop to our American listeners. It's more of an insult. <laughs> well, sop, insult, same thing. Um, I, I do appreciate our colonial friends. Not um, enough to use so... their flipping name in their language, though. <laughs> I English, am using their language. <laughs> no, use ours. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Baseball, mom's apple pie. Um, anyway, I will, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Please never do that again. I do apologise. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Mother's apple crumble. Is that where that's, that's, that's... <laughs> All with custard. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God, mm, <laughs> custard. Good rhubarb crumble. Oh, I love rhubarb. No, I, you see, what I do there is eat the crumble and leave the rhubarb. Why do I do that with any crumble now, I think? (laughs) (laughs) A vegetarian that's not particularly keen on the taste of fruit. Oh, God, I adore rhubarb. Okay. So anyway, the hero of the hour was just telling us how he's going to Hanging off the hatch. (laughs) Well, so now I'm... If I lie on the roof of the uh, observation deck, can I reach the lever? I'm not trying it. I just want to know whether I can. I would say it's going to be... Difficult. Use the pickaxe. You're going to have to really well, sort of lean over. Pickaxe, man. No, to hook, um, to hook it as a longer sort of you know arm. Okay. Now what? The problem is what I'm really waiting for because I I think they can see what I'm doing. No, red, green can't because you're on the roof. I can't. I can't really say because uh, anything I say they wouldn't know. But I I'm basically lying over the hatch, looking like I'm waiting for something. Okay. Could you let me know what you're doing? Uh, I won't tell Gutteridge and Ips, don't worry. <laughs> well, I'm presuming. I, I mean, if I start trying to open the hatch, he will know immediately. Particularly if he's locked it, yes. 
yes. So what I need is a distraction so I can work at the hat. Yeah, see, unfortunately, we're hoping you're going to provide us the distraction. Have I got a rope that I can dangle the blackboard down? <laughs> the Slowly lower the blackboard down. Reverend Green, could you look away for a moment? Yeah, I'll write on the back of the blackboard, please ignore, and on the front of the blackboard, create a distraction. Just draw an angel and hope he just worships it or something. I don't don't think it quite works like that. Um, Did you take a firearm with you, by the way? Uh, No, we didn't. No, not on... We got assured it wasn't... Yeah, I I think the only person who did is currently unconscious in the airlock. Yeah. I well, can look, create look, my own distraction. Oh. I've I've just worked out because I did take two flares with me. You've got flares. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm going to crush one end of a flare. Yeah. And throw it over the other end of the observation deck so it clangs off the front of the astronef. Hopefully, um, slowly, and distract the reverend while I have a go at opening the airlock and doing him in. Okay. Right, this is uh, this is interesting. Now, let's have a look at your. I'll characters. be edging up to walk back towards Lord Redgrave with my slightly suspiciously larger bag of flares. There's no sense trying to rationalise with a man. He's an insane idiot. I'm I'm going to be generous here and let you use your marksmanship when it comes. To <laughs> hey, we get flare. to use a decent oh, skill. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was going to say you, you can you can average it with psychology, but since they're both the same, that doesn't really come into it. Uh, you're trying to sort of gauge whether or not it's likely to work and what the best moment to do is based on Lord Redgrave's yes. movements as to when you think the Reverend is going to notice. When it's going to catch his eye, yes. Yeah, and uh, based on that, you can roll two dice. Well, I've already got my three. Can I have my three again? I have. No, you can't. I have the Reverend's here. Um, six. Not so bad. That's not bad. You needed eight or less. Woohoo! So everybody down on the uh, on the ground can see that uh, Doctor Crowther reaches into his satchel, pulls out what looks like a just a stick, cardboard tube, and crush it. Now you know what this is. Nothing happens when you do that, uh, and the reason nothing happens is because I didn't roll a certain number on a d6. Um, and then he just gently throws it, just quite gently. It, it's a perfectly placed arc. He's obviously really got the hang of the moon's gravity or that now. I should give up this adventuring and become a cricketer. I'd make thousands. <laughs> yes, assuming you need to do like 30 foot jumps. <laughs> in cricketer, if I could jump 30 feet, I'd be a great cricketer. How would that I would ca- cricketer? catch him out? I would catch him out. How's that? 30 that, feet. You're assuming that that you can actually catch things. All we know is that you can jump. <laughs> jump accurately onto the top of a I um, mean, as a, a batsman, I think you'll agree it's a rather useless skill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have to yeah. run between wickets. I could just jump. Yeah, don't get me LBW because I leap over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> the man who put the silly in silly mid-off. <laughs> the... Um, Basket. The flare arcs, and just as it's about to touch the the, um, you're throwing it towards the prow, aren't you? Just as yeah. it's about to to the, hit the, the front, prow, the front pointy in. 
Yeah. I was going to say, I can't even say the pointy end because they're both pointy. The pointier of the two ends... Yeah, I nearly said the pointy end. The, um, the flare suddenly ignites and it's, it's a sort of a slow and then sudden whoosh, except you can't hear anything, uh, and gives it an incredible amount of light and it's spitting a few sort of lumps and sparks off as it arcs and wheels over. Drops out of sight, but you can still see the huge flash uh, as it uh, sets fire to the uh, magnesium and suddenly uh, flares up, of course, which is, hence the name. The the, the point of the flare, really. Indeed. So, the big question is, did the Reverend notice? Well, of course, you've no idea, have you, Nick? So the next No, I can't tell. Uh, Then I... Well, the minute that's happened, I'm going to swing down and try the hatch. Right, you swing yourself over the side, land on the... And if it's locked, I'm going to smash the window with the picket. Okay, it's locked. I'm going to smash the window with... Uh, would it, is there any way I can prise the hatch open with the pickaxe, or is that just not going to happen? You possibly could. You'd run the risk of just damaging it without being able to open it, because it is actually locked. Um, and you might honest, bend something. It's going to take a lot of time. You, I you figure it's going to be easier to fix a window than to fix the hatch. So well, you know I'm that gonna... there are shutters that can be put into place, although I don't think you're aware if they're airtight or not. Um, the other option is 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 quickly swinging back up and smashing a window on the observation on the conning tower and and skinning through there. Except they're too small to climb through. Oh, are they? Okay. Uh, in that case, the only option is to smash the window with the pickaxe. Right. This will be a body roll. Oh, so is this the window really well, on the hatch, so... or is this the general It's the one window. immediately next to the hatch, because so there isn't one on the hatch. So you can stick your arm through and open it from the inside. Uh, are you... Why, wow, that's brilliant. That's much better than what I've come up with. <laughs> what <laughs> I... are you going for? <laughs> if I could somehow let you know. <laughs> um... Uh, something for? along those lines. I just yeah, want to get in. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, um, but yeah. yes, I'm, I, that might occur to me once I've smashed a <laughs> hole in the window. Um, four. Come on, I'm on a roll. It's not like I can't fall through. And what was your? Um, My body, body is three, but I have got brawling Blimey. of three. No, 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 this isn't brawling. Well, it's three anyway. You're older four, right. Well, you take a swing. It it feels odd because you haven't got gravity sort of pulling against the the pickaxe head in the way that you would normally expect. It feels light and almost feels like it's not going to do much. But with a really solid hit, it pierces straight through the three layers of laminated glass and the oh resin, which you can see leak out around the side of it and start to drip down the side. Uh, you know that the point has gone through. The f- first pane is almost completely frosted. You don't know what's happened further inside, but you now can't really see through that one. Everybody hard. else, Reverend Green is in the sort of next window along. He was just looking over his shoulder to see what the flare was, but has now, as you might imagine, turned back with a very shocked expression on his face and is leaping towards the window, at which point it becomes much harder to see because the, gra- the glass is suddenly crazed. So I haven't depressurised yet, but the minute I take the pickaxe out, I will. Little is hole. that right? This yeah. is a split-second thing that's just happened. He's literally heard crash, I'll turned, and jumped. Shoving the bag of flares towards Lord Redgrave and opening it, going, you know, do something incredible. 
face. Or... Um, well, you can say whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. I. Just I mean, I'm not. At him. <laughs> well, I'm not doing anything in that. In, in his hands, shoved against him, and it's, it's just sort of. They're his patent flares, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, may, he may not be quite as quick on the uptake as you were hoping. I start uh, pulling them out of the bag and pushing them against the window, and you know. Uh, well, you're not. You, know, you, you can't get. I mean, don't forget the window is up there. Yeah. You'd have to climb up the ladders to where Nick is in order to get to the window. Do I know if if I set one off in a bag full of the others, will they all go off? Almost certainly, because of the way that they operate. Yes. Right. What, I pull the one flare, is, stuff it back in the bag, and lob them. Don't throw them off at me, please. What are I you doing it. with them? You're, okay, you're going to set them pull all one off, flare, but then what? Stuff it back in the bag and lob it up. Oh no, I'm going to die. You're going to lob it. Right. With Moon's gravity, well, there is know, a Swing re- it up onto the... No, but I'm just thinking there is if they're not fixed against something, held into place, they're in there the is statue. a reasonable chance that yeah, but there is a reasonable chance they would just sort of bounce off it, uh, and you yeah. would have potentially. I'm just mentioning this something like a miniature sun falling back down on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fine. Well, is Lord Redgrave looking like he's getting any quicker on the uptake, or you know? He's not moving. Now that was just a split second thing. Yeah. You grab the flares. You've seen your moment. Uh, Nick, you've got the, the, the shock of the, the pickaxe going through the window. I need to t- you to tell me now precisely what you're doing very quickly before the next thing happens. Nothing. You're I'm just nothing. holding on holding on to the pickaxe. I'm not, not pulling it out. Right. I'm just right. holding it in place. Lady Valentine, um, you will have, as will everybody else who's down there, will have a moment or two longer to react than Dr. Crowther, who hasn't quite thought this through in the way he might have hoped. Inside the astronef, there is air. It's pressurised. Outside the astronef, no, not (laughs) pressurised. If you do something like uh, weaken the structural integrity of, say, the very potentially sharp bits of glass that are now there, they could, and this is hypothetical, explosively (laughs) decompress and turn into, oh, I don't know, something a bit like a nail bomb. Well, it's safety glass, (laughs) isn't it? Dr. Crowther, it is not safety glass. (laughs) (laughs) It's safety glass in as far as it's designed to be very hard to break. You, Dr. Crowther, have found a way to overcome Do I not feel pressure building in a split second, or do I... Where? Through the end Uh, of your incredibly tactile pickaxe. Yes. No, what you what you see is possibly one of those cartoon moments where you realise there's like a bulge in the glass. Little cracks coming out. <laughs> now you said you were doing nothing. I was well. I was actually trying to hold the pickaxe in place. To yeah. Be fair. So in actual fact, you are deliberately not moving out of the way. There yes. is a massive explosion of glass. Thousands on the o- on the other side of the astronaut. Thousands upon thousands of crystal shards fly Silently out towards, fly you. towards you. Totally <laughs> silent. Uh, momentarily almost obscuring the Doctor. Shredding your suit. The Doctor <laughs> is flung backwards off the observation deck and off the hull of the astronaut. Um, it's quite impressive actually because there's it's amazing how far you can get thrown when hit by this much atmosphere coming out of a fairly small window. But there's a slightly more pressing issue, Doctor. You are inside a woven asbestos and rubber suit. Uh, an invulnerable woven asbestos and rubber suit. And 
you are being peppered by thousands of very, 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 very sharp pieces of glass. You better hope the blast uh, re Really slowly, <laughs> because of the low gravity. I think you mean that because there's no uh, air and atmosphere to... Never mind that. Friction. Come on, let's speed on. <laughs> Never mind. In fact, things can move faster here than they do And we'll carry on going for mean, longer. Uh, I, no. Right. No, I meant... Let me um, just turn to the section where... Mr. Marcus L. Rowland may have anticipated somebody try this. And describes projectile force on the moon. Uh, he does, in <laughs> fact, describe how the window works as a weapon. You'll be pleased to know, <laughs> pleased to know that if you're on the ground, you're probably safe if you try and jump out of the way. So yeah. I just very quickly... This has got an effect rating. Uh, we've not really done the... Um, uh, how do you want to be it for Gutteridge? <laughs> Maybe I could play uh, the Lantern Jaw like in the airlock. Or you could luckily be the yes, the Yeah, you want to be bait tied up naked in an airlock. <laughs> well, I know the last thing that goes through his mind is the bloody window of the astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the helmet's probably the the least fault. Yeah, that's it's, probably it's aluminium with a reinforced glass front. Right, I'm just finding the... Uh, I didn't think that through, because I thought I could hold it in place, but that's basically like sticking a pin in a balloon, isn't it? It is, yeah. Cock. Not noted for his physics, is he, the Doctor? Uh, it's a bit no. more like sticking a match into a balloon that's full of hydrogen, but yeah, it's basically the same. <laughs> so, like he's sticking a pin into a glass balloon. Yes, Google, I'm still here, no need to do that. I think it's sort of the opposite of sticking a pin in a balloon. What, taking a pin out of a balloon, is it? Yeah. Can I, have I got any sellotape? Oh, that's <laughs> what I should have done in that split second. Right. Uh, so I was trying to it. save the doc. I was going to hold him to oh, you ransom. Probably will. You probably will. By you saying the atmosphere. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, what I was going to say is, open the airlock, or I'll release the. Uh, How exactly are you going to write die. on your blackboard whilst holding the pickaxe? Well, one-handed. I hadn't thought that through. Obviously, <laughs> I, there was a lot of things I didn't think through about this particular plan. Explosive decompression being one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the first Edwardian in space, aren't I? It's not my bloody fault. Literally in space in a minute. Oh, this isn't... Um... <clears throat> right. There's an interesting thing with uh, Forgotten Futures, because it everything works off this table. If you deal with a very big number, you have to actually uh, divide things in order to get them to fit on the table. Maybe so you have to, to divide my body. Divide the level of the attack in order to fit it onto the oh, table. God. Um, so you're kind of scaling round the table a yeah. couple of times. Like, it's a good job we brought a backup doctor. I would like to back thank you for NBC's. not making it difficult by trying to dodge or anything like that. So, yeah, um, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> That's what, that was your plan, was it? Yeah. Right, so just let I'll me die the so, simplest method possible. Uh, it's the effect number against <laughs> targets, and I've just rolled that. Effect number against the target, so I'll be right with you. I have succeeded. Am I partly shielded by the airlock, at least? Because it is only a small window well, in a hatch, isn't it? No, it's not a small window and a hatch. It's what there is oh. no there is no window in the in the airlock thing. He's um. But I was standing by the airlock and swinging across to the window. For the hatch and swinging across. Yeah, you can't yeah. leave that. You, you, no, basically. 
I mean, I was on the other side of the airlock, swinging <laughs> right across <laughs> to the window so on the other side. Character generation, right? the world's longest arms. The <laughs> yes, that's right. Crowther, that's what they call the university. <laughs> right. Mind you, so, that was more to do uh, with the hair. Column B. And the cheek pouches. Is oh, hang on. Here's an interesting line. Remember that any wound is made worse by vacuum. As it sucks the blood. That's why that Dyson injured me so badly. <laughs> Nature abhors them. Yes. Uh, so I just need the red grey breathing, breathing dress. Let's bring that up. Right. Uh, now, interestingly, the, mm, this might be a design flaw on the part of Lord Redgrave. The oxygen, tank, the oxygen tank is on the front. Oh, God. Can I suggest at this point we switch the game into more of, um, a, as John would prefer, a sort of protagonism approach where I get to dictate what happens. How hideously you die. Right. Do you so, die from the lack of oxygen? Here's what you shredded glass. The, the decompression is explosive. Um, explosive such an inflammatory term. Yeah. Uh, from your point of view, there is a very good thing here, however, uh, Dr. Grounder, because... It pushes the, me away. It pushes you away at some speed with a pickaxe. Uh, the Redgrave Dependable Breathing Dress, you recall, does not have air all through it. It's mostly in the helmet. Only a small amount bleeds through. So as the glass shreds it, there you is no sort of... You bleeds death horribly. You have taken hits. And yes, I am still there. It's got so many... Yes, that's annoying though, isn't it? It's got so many punctures in that you can't possibly patch it. You do have the momentary satisfaction of seeing the Reverend Green flying in your general direction. Well, I didn't actually mean to kill him. Really? <laughs> is he, is he alright? <laughs> is he alright? For about three seconds as he go past. He's got a very surprised look on his face. And then, you, then, you turn away. then he freezes instantly. <laughs> Uh, Lady Valentine. Oh, it's nasty, explosive decompression. You'll flinch out of the way. Uh, The glass fires past you. Virtually nothing falls anywhere near anybody. Um, Funnily enough, Lady Redgrave is actually mostly protected by her camera. Uh, (laughs) Or does she get a photo of the the crucial moment? Yeah, good photo. (laughs) It hasn't got one of those motor wind things where you get like multiple frames. (laughs) It's pure luck. She's not just rapidly slotting the the big glass plates (laughs) in the back. (laughs) So the window blows out in a huge blast of glass and air. The doctor is thrown backwards over your heads. He goes at a remarkable distance, sort of pinwheels. Reverend Green comes flying out. There's paper everywhere. A crayon. He might reach escape velocity. Uh, <laughs> he is launched out of the front because he was jumping for the window when he saw the pickaxe coming through it. And as you turn rather awkwardly in the dependable oh, reading dress, you see pickaxe. the doctor hit an impact in a pretty big cloud of uh, moon dust. Um, you were already quite covered in it. Uh, the Reverend Green then lands and skids off into the distance, bounces a couple of times, and eventually lands a in a feline interloper behind you, below. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, just my cat. She's surprised to see the window open at this late hour. <laughs> and now she's going to be a bit of a cock and just jump around and be annoying. Yep, it's that time. Aren't you, Mrs. Peel? Yes, she is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Doc so, goes splat in a big 
pile of dust. Uh, All right, don't tell him what happens. The dog lands comfortably on a a big pile of space mattresses. Space mattresses, right? Yeah. Yes, I'm still here. (laughs) That was a space mattress appeared before me. So how much damage does he take? Or is it it one of those that it's so much damage it's not really relevant? One good way I found is to stick a pickaxe through a pressurised window. (laughs) Uh, You you basically have things like uh, you have injuries uh, of different levels. Oh right, okay. We don't knock off stats or anything. So you get like, oh, it's a flesh wound. Oh, you're injured. Oh wow! Oh, your legs dropped off. I've been shredded by an exploding window. I think it's the next one up. That's but his head's third, third level, that's all right. See, if this was D&D, I'd just take a D6 hit points. I'd be fine. Well, not if you were a first level uh, character. Wizards. Yes, I'm the first level cleric. On damage as well. <laughs> Am I still conscious? Uh, a bit. A bit. A bit. Well, not very. I mean, I won't say... Well, um, how do I put this? Lady Valentine, uh, so the situation with you at the moment, while uh, Dr. Crowther thinks that he's miraculously landed in the swamps of Spawn Shellers, um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Is that, is I'll have dropped the bag of flares as being entirely pointless at this juncture. <laughs> I'm probably heading in a very, as fast as I can waddle in my giant suit towards the mushroom cloud of dust where the doctor's landed. Right. Okay. You're Aww, not. Uh, you're not heading towards you. the astronaut. Okay. That's good. Fine. Oh. Uh, well, no. I want to pick up his corpse. Get over that. He's not still. He's not still. Oh, he is. Dom. He is thrashing around. <laughs> and as you get there, you can sort of flip onto his back. The front of the suit is uh, almost rags. It's uh, right. multiple punctures. Can I can... see through his faceplate whether he's like going blue and? Gasping for air, or does he seem you to You can't make it out for the blood, no. Right. I'll start dragging him back towards the astronaut. Okay. I presume I can throw him over my shoulder if I'm thus, lifted thus this probably body. rupturing the back, back of the suit as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks <laughs> and like several the, arteries. It looks like the oxygen feed tube has been severely damaged. Is there anything I can do about that without getting back <sighs> to the astronaut? <gasps> to be honest, at this stage, there's so many holes in... I'll just drag him back to the ashes as quickly as I can. Uh, I want to do the noises. <laughs> By the time you get back to the astronef, um I'm presuming the NPCs have managed to claim the ship. <laughs> uh, they are quite desperately struggling the way up the, uh, the yes. ladder and inside. And the first thing Lord Redgrave's done, actually, before he's even he doesn't let anybody in the ship, he slams the door shut. So the hatch to the main hull, he's closed yeah. while he's still on the observation yeah. deck. Yeah. yeah. In a presumably an attempt to um, keep some air in atmosphere, there is. Yeah. Uh, so you can get in there with the doctor, but of course that means the observation deck isn't. Uh, it doesn't have Earth atmosphere, so that that's not going to help the doctor. <laughs> right. So going blue. Um, is there, I presume, any internal airlock? I mean, there's like a, a little lobby to the conning tower, isn't there? Uh, you could get into the conning tower. I could get into the, the conning tower and repressurize the area in the conning tower. Uh, well, what you can do is get into the into the conning tower and close the door. Whether you can repressurize it, I think. Hmm. If you want to try and get him into the conning tower, that's going to be a body roll. Yeah. And we can we can work on what happens if you succeed. Uh, presumably, 
alerting the doctor bloke but I'm dragging the guy towards the conning tower. <laughs> oh, he's the doctor bloke now, is he? I see. Hey, you might be about to quantum leap into one of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Next thing you know, <laughs> Professor George Ips will be your favourite guy. Yes, what am I rolling, sorry? <laughs> I don't think I'll be in the rolling doctor. body. Uh, what was your body, Nick? Three? Uh, shredded by glass, I believe. Thank you. It's, it's still the same number, though. Three? Mine's three. three. Uh, I have athletic. Would that help me drag? <laughs> no, this, this is... Uh, ah. You just need a, you need a seven or less. Also, I'm picturing myself like um, Arnie at the end of Total Recall with his eyes popping. Uh, I got yeah. seven. I got seven. Yep, seven or less is what you needed. It's a so bit like Arnie in Total Recall, but it's a little bit more like a fish that a kid has caught and not actually hit with a priest. Oh, sorry, I'll just smack him over the head with a caution. That's a strange <laughs> name for a club, isn't it? Uh, I suppose. It is apparently a very humane method of euthanasia with a fish, hitting them with a priest. Is this coming from a vet? No, we learned about it in oh, our right. fish welfare lectures. Uh, so, a priest is is a high. Yes, well, it's rapid. <laughs> we did. Honestly. So is is the it is. true? You know this then? Is there If if you wanted to euthanize a priest, is hitting them with a priest <laughs> the most humane method? <laughs> um, we we did not have priest welfare lectures as part of undergraduate degree. Oh, I see. I, I'll That's I'll write to the University of Bristol <laughs> and um, point out the. The glaring emission. Let me know what they say. Do you then flush in the them and pick it down the loo? In the meantime, you've rolled seven. It's a struggle. You do manage to get up into the conning tower. You open the hatch, and it's quite a struggle to open the hatch because, of course, the conning tower hadn't depressurised at this yeah. point. But Isn't it depressurised now, though? It is now she's opened the hatch, yes. You can get into the conning tower, slam the door shut. There's going to be very little atmosphere left in here. Yeah, but I presume there is some method re- re- repressurizing it, given that's essentially the in and out place when we sort of go into space. Uh, no, the Apart tower, from the airlock. The conning tower isn't uh, a, a method of getting in and out of the ship at all. But you'd, you'd think for each separate section of the astronaut, there's some way to repressurize each separate section. You'd think there's a separate oxygen supply for each separate section. I'm going to tap built, on your... Built into um, it that you're not, Nick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're flailing. <laughs> if if you can't, if nothing comes to mind, you can make a roll on your mind. I'll make a roll on my mind. My okay. you know What's engineering. Uh, I, I can I make a roll on my scholar engineering. Yes, you can. Which is um, actually no, my mind's better. Aren't you specialised in um? Basically six. sticks, Yeah. Okay, go for it. Um. Keep gasping, that's, Nick. That's a big no, four. Why <laughs> is my life Surely in your hands? You must have rolled less than ten. No. Oh, you're <laughs> joking. Eleven. This is my life. Okay, you only. I did didn't roll above a six the whole time. You need to put my life more. in your hands. You have no idea how to uh, introduce oxygen into this small enclosed space. Nothing comes to mind at all. Do I have a spare oxygen tank? Uh, no, you have one oxygen tank, and the uh, the doctor has one oxygen tank on the front of his suit. All the suits just have one oxygen tank. Well, if the oxygen tank is that the problem to air? I mean, are there holes in his suit, or is oh, it yes. literally that his? No, no, as in the air is coming out, or is it literally just that his oxygen is not going in? Right. Um, 
a lot of glass went into the suit and funnily enough didn't stop there it kept going yes um there is indeed quite a bit of blood the oxygen feed from the tank Mm. has also been damaged so there is there doesn't appear to be enough oxygen getting into the suit anyway but what is getting in there is also leaking out right uh it mostly goes into the helmet but if you're lying down as he is at the moment there is a problem then in that it starts to get more into the suit and yeah. the suit's full of holes yeah <laughs> i panic you know ladylike fashion okay okay <laughs> i'll temporarily uh, come out of my coma and slap her and then <laughs> fall back into it <laughs> yeah. now as you know, some people uh, stay in a coma for many years. Jackie Wilson, of course, famously about nine years before he died, uh, which was tragic. You don't really get as far as a coma, Nick. I'm afraid <laughs> Dr. Crowther... Expires. Is it, a, is it a heroic death, or is Expires. it a bit of a Darwin Award? <laughs> Somewhere oh. you can hear this little faint voice going, everybody dies of heritonitis. <laughs> I didn't die. <laughs> the sheer irony of not dying of peritonitis. <laughs> oh, There's still time to administer first aid to yourself and thus be the man who kills your character, but no. Um, I'm, I'm afraid Dr. Crowther is going, well, he's, he's largely Could gone. you not have released our oxygen tanks, Amelia, into the room? That's precisely what she could have done. Had my control mind, you know, brain worked. Of course, you would have had to trust that it worked because if it hadn't worked, you'd both. I'd have nowhere. God, yeah, the worst situation would be I would have died. What a nightmare. Yeah, but I haven't. No, the worst situation (laughs) would have been. Woohoo, I'm still alive. We're on 50%. Lady Valentine, it's it's quite clear um, in your medical opinion, there's nothing you could have done. At least I won't get prosecuted on my return to Earth. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> In your medical opinion, there's nothing you could have done. <laughs> um, I'll probably take over Lieutenant Lieutenant Bates if he's still with us. Right. Uh, Cocktied naked just... in the bottom of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> you could be there a while, <laughs> given we can't actually get down to you. <laughs> so it's a choice between that or a corpse. Mm. <laughs> What's wrong with Ix and Gutteridge? <laughs> So I've just been a doctor. You wanted to go for Bates, did you say? Uh, if He's possible, a... I just want to play something rather different from a doctor. Right. That's fine. He is, very different. he is at the moment unconscious and in an airlock. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be honest... Don't tell me he's cur- currently suffocating. <laughs> His contribution well, is not going to be great. Can I leap round all the characters of me? <laughs> he's got five is... minutes more air than you had. <laughs> yeah. if, if you wanted a character in a, in a different situation for the Doctor, Bates isn't the man. <laughs> well, that's all right. I, I, I think we should pause and reflect on, on what a great man we've lost. No, I'm, I'm late like and panicking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> at this point probably trying to go back out of the conning tower and alert somebody to the fact he might need medical attention because I don't know I, I did her. want to investigate <laughs> the effects of vacuum on the human system so I have, well. I've done a fantastic job of that and I'll make sure your papers are published posthumously well I didn't have much of a chance to write the, the personal <laughs> experience <laughs> I'll go straight at would, oh, would you, Dr. Would you prefer to try Professor Ips or Dr. Gutteridge? Zoology. Uh, 
I mean, you can go for Lieutenant Bates, but if nobody actually works out a way of getting him out of the airlock, you're not really boring. (laughs) I'll I'll stick with Bates. I'll you you guys carry on. I'll just um, I'll just comment from beyond the grave. Um, You haven't got his stats, have you? No, Professor Epps is the Egyptologist, isn't he? That's and Gottridge is the surgeon. (laughs) Um, so. Said with some slight venom. Um, so now I'll stick with uh, Master. Sorry, Lieutenant Bates. Right. Uh, I'm not Let's sure if this will work. Don't know. Oh, you know can, can you, you get yes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've ju- yeah. I've just pasted it into a chat window, so hopefully Nick can Let's copy and paste to trying that to into... get extra. Yeah. Yeah. But you ought to be able Super. to read. Right. Because it's, it's, he was in the Boer War too. Fantastic. No, anyway, you guys, one... you guys carry on. There was only one ball war, Nick. Ball oh, war two never happened. Dear me. <laughs> Dio mio. So, he's unconscious, but he's now got the advantage of being played by Nick. <laughs> I give him five minutes. <laughs> I, I have to say, advantage is a, a peculiar word, considering the last character who had the advantage of being played by me is currently expiring in a purple heap in expired. the conning tower. Expired. expired in a purple heap on the conning tower. I'm, I'm afraid... It was possible to save the Doctor. Um, I didn't roll Don't as, rub it in! I, I didn't roll as badly as possible. I got the middle result. But unfortunately, the middle result, when you're actually on the surface of the moon, is quite bad. <laughs> well, that my, my Doctor did learn a valuable lesson about sticking pickaxes into a pressurised window. You have to point out, as a caving expert, Lieutenant Bates may be undoing his knots by this point. If he's conscious. Uh, if he's conscious. He, he was hit over the head with a lead pipe by Professor Green. <laughs> in the <laughs> in library. In the observatory. <laughs> uh, I think in the engineering room. Yeah, oh, okay. I think there's something about when a when a NPC is possessed by the spirit of a PC that they, they have a chance of becoming conscious. It's possible. Well, in the there's meantime, some enlightenment. Yeah. In the meantime, um, there are obviously things going on on the observation deck. What are you going to do, Lady Valentine? I'm leaving the conning tower, funny enough. Um, would I know that to pull down the hatches and the shutters would make the observation deck temporarily at least more airtight? Now, you've got a better idea of this than the Doctor would have had. The shutters do not... Oh, rub it in! Don't speak ill of the dead, for God's sake! He's, only, he's not even cold! He was... No, he's um, very cold. He'll, he'll okay, cold he is cold. He's cold. If he was shredded, he would have been very, very cold. Um... The shutters don't make the observation deck airtight on their own. However, it should be possible to patch and putty them into some sort of fairly airtight shape. There's a possibility that the other windows have taken some damage in the decompression, but that's probably going to be... Well, then I'll suggest that I'll write that on my board and suggest it's Lord Redgrave as being the quickest method to get to our guys in the airlock. When you get down there, um, Lord Redgrave... Has got the he's already right. got the the patch. He's a out. smart bloke, so you well, know. He built the ship, so yes, it's not they all just stand around doing nothing when I'm not there. You know, when you, when you thrust a bag of flares into his hands, he was a little taken aback. Well, but when it's a thing like <laughs> yes. one of the windows has blown out, yes. he knows what to do. So yes, he's so got he's got Ips and Gutteridge currently pasting in a, a rather sort of heavy mastic into the uh, area around the shutter. You can see it's deforming slightly because he's now operating some of the atmospheric controls to get some uh, oxygen in. And they're they're having to reinforce areas. It's probably going to leak all the way home. 
but it will give you much more time than you It'll have. let us get to the airlock without killing our guys either. Because yeah. you, are, you are all about to run out of air on your breathing dress. Yes. Um, are there spare... down to the last few minutes. Are there spare... Well, where do we have suit up and get our oxygen tanks from? Is it in the airlock or is it from the observation deck and then in through the airlock? It's not in the airlock. It's in the, in the main body of the ship. Uh, right. The observation deck, you've got personal effects and that kind of stuff for the for the men. Your stuff is, in fact, all downstairs in the night cabin. But any spare op- oxygen bottles would be in the main... All downstairs. Right. Yeah. So we need um, to basically pressurise this as quickly as possible. This, this is why Lord Redgrave yeah. is, is operating the controls to release some extra oxygen. Um, takes a few minutes. He's satisfied that the, uh, the doctor and the professor have got the emergency repairs into place. And he's got things basically set up so that he can open the hatch. And when he does, there is a bit of a sort of a, a rush of air that pushes him back a little, but it stabilises. You've probably got slightly thin air in the Astronef for a few minutes, and there is going to be a continual leak, but he can take the breathing, stre- breathing dress off if you want to, which would make life right. easier because you can't see your feet. Yeah. Well, as soon as we can do that, we'll head down to the airlock and get out the suits and get our guys right. back, I guess. Right, um, you get to the airlock. Now, there is a, a, a porthole on this side of it, and looking in, you can indeed see Andrew Murgatroyd, he's out cold. Uh, they haven't been stripped or anything, but they have been tied up. Yeah. Uh, they're not in their long jumps. <laughs> no, <laughs> good heavens, no. Well, the, well, you think Lord Radgrave's going to sort of hold you back and say, no, 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 no. They're so <laughs> Um, you've got the very strange sensation of being able to hear what's going yes. on now, which is quite weird after after being outside where it's been so quiet. Um, Bates appears to be coming round. No, he hasn't. He's vanished. He's been off for some more he's, he's a he's a fit <laughs> young man. Um, you know, very competent. He's an excellent <laughs> fellow. Salt of the earth. I won't repeat any of this when you come back into the room. You know, he listens to this. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. Not even the people who edit it and post it listen to this. All of those viewing figures, I right, think so a lot of them. The scrawny the looking. I log in on the looking names red coat is tied up in the airlock. Uh, oh, he's hopeless. He doesn't no, look no, like he was... can do anything. Frankly, if it no, wasn't for Murgatroyd, so he'd be dead already. Of it, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're back, Nick. Hello. Didn't see you there. Am I being insulted before I've even started <laughs> playing this character? <laughs> no. So the current situation, you have the atmosphere returning to normal, but there is a continual leak. You will not be able to completely seal the observation deck. For the moment, the um, uh, Lord Radagroves wants the observation deck hatch shut. Yeah. And he's going to quickly try and decide on the situation as to whether or not you have to just stay down below. Yeah. uh, Or whether the observation deck can be kept operative. Yeah. But presumably it's, it's we can cramped, haul our but... we can haul our guys out of the airlock and you know slap them around the face, fit them in there. Yeah, you, you can open the airlock without any problems now. It's absolutely fine. Cool. Uh, Bates, you you were sort of coming around and realizing that firstly your head hurts and secondly you were on the floor, crammed up against Murgatroyd in an airlock. But luckily we're in clothing. We're, uh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like my last trip. Um... <laughs> I'll uh, shake my head. Stark naked with a strong smell of patchouli oil. <laughs> I'll shake my head in a manly, square-jawed fashion and uh, stagger to my knees and to my feet. Stagger to your knees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Hello? Oh, 
Redgrave. Uh, well, no, who, Redgrave, what's, what are my immediate surroundings? Uh, well, I'm uh, hoping well, the doctor is having a look at him. You are by the airlock uh, with uh, Lady Valentine and uh, Dr. Guthridge, whose bedside manner does leave something to be desired. But oh, obviously, as a military seems to man, think you're a you're used monkey. To that. <laughs> uh, where's the other doc? I much preferred him. Guthridge just snorts. What happened? Feels feel like I um, copped something in, down in the engineering deck. It was that um, that bad reverend bloke. He, um, he, he swept you both across the back of the head and took over the whole ship. Took over the ship? Luckily, the brave doctor gave his life. and Gave his life? Ship. Not intentionally, I think history <laughs> might notice. <laughs> now, history <laughs> recording bravely sacrificed himself. Where's, the, where's this reverend? Chap. Um, I think he was sucked out into space. Sucked out into space. Apparently, halfway to Earth. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting things to be much cruder by now. Surely not. <laughs> well, that's not. That um, sounds uh, dashed inconvenient. Yes. <laughs> How square jawed is your interpretation? <laughs> You're not getting Dan Dare, and it's very opposite. Fear not, Lady Valentine. The expedition still goes ahead. I'm sorry Smart about monkey. the doctor, chap. <laughs> I can't take you seriously, Miss Allison. You'll turn dramatic in a minute. <laughs> Never I fear. <laughs> yes, I How died, was... and I didn't go German. Woohoo! <laughs> To be fair, I might have done, but no one heard me in my my suit. Oh, I've got to answer that, I'm sorry. Okay, has Murgatroyd come round as well? Uh, Murgatroyd can be brought round with some smelling salts, yeah. Right. Um, I would suggest to Lord Redgrave that Murgatroyd and I check the rest of the ship out. You know, how much oxygen we've got left. Murgatroyd's a pretty pretty tough guy. I mean, Redgrave has smashed any systems or anything stupid like that. Right. Um, from a cursory glance as you've sort of been running through and he's been putting the oxygen supply on and that kind of stuff, nothing obvious. Uh, but certainly he will uh, sort of nod and uh, get everyone... Murgatroyd back on his feet as quickly as he possibly Sorry can. Sorry about be. that. And, it's all right. His first thought is for the ship, basically. Frankly, he hasn't, he hasn't mentioned that the Doctor isn't there. <laughs> he's just quickly checking over the systems. He goes straight to the engineering room and uh, there's a whistle in a moment and the... Um, the telephone pipe system there. Lord Redgrave picks up the tube, blows into it, puts it to his ear. Shouts uh, excellent, Murgatroyd. Thank you. Hands so so the, the, the Reverend killed the Doctor? Uh, <laughs> yes, something like that, yes. That was a horrible accident. God. I'm sorry, I couldn't be more help. Or indeed, any. <laughs> I wasn't even in control of this body, so don't start Well, I'm sure that. he must have taken you by surprise, Lieutenant. It takes more than you a are. madman with a lead pipe to get the drop on me. Actually, so how did it, he turns out it, <laughs> it turns out it doesn't, doesn't take. That's exactly what it takes. But I, I don't think anyone can blame a young army veteran like yourself for being overcome by a small vicar <laughs> with a piece of plumbing. <laughs> Not when I wasn't in control of this body. I see. Well, the current situation, um, Lord Redgrave calls everyone together. Are you hurt, Lady Redgrave? Is that 
uh, Lady, not Lady Redgrave. Forget Lady, you. Lady Redgrave's fine. Forget you. No. Um, Lady <laughs> Lady Valentine. Is that blood on your on your asbestos? Oh, that's the doctor's. He's, he's um. Oh. Yes, he he was rather mangled. Oh. Shredded. Yeah, I've, I've seen things like that in, in World War Two. Terrible. But there was a second World War. Uh, it was a small war. Okay. Don't well, talk about it. Very... Not in front of the ladies. <laughs> It wasn't a very popular sequel. They cancelled the third one. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get the funding for no. the third. <laughs> well, let's let's see if we can. <laughs> Isn't that why it's called the Madness of King George? King George, allegedly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I think that might be a bit of a, a myth, though. Um, I'm going to rush upstairs and do what I can to help repairing the astronef. Uh, first, I'll, then I'll rush downstairs and find a dependable breathing apparatus and get into it, and then I'll rush upstairs and see what I can do to help. Well, no, no, if, 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 you're on, if you're on the observation deck, you don't need breathing dress at the moment, but Lord Redgrave is just calling everybody together to quickly go over the situation. Sir. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as you know, we've, we've suffered a terrible tragedy here. Um, Reverend Green, uh, well... A fanatic, um, misguided, of course, but I'd hoped we could bring this to a peaceful end. Unfortunately, despite his best efforts, the uh, the doctor was overcome by a complete failure of common sense. <laughs> that's um, not common by... sense. That's advanced <laughs> physics. Killed by simple physics. <laughs> terrible that a man of science should indeed die by science. Ironic. If. If perhaps he'd studied something useful like physics or structural engineering, he may still be with us. Basic but... pressure ratios. Uh, so I think perhaps uh, this eulogy leaves a lot to be desired. We, we can take some solace, I think, in the knowledge that he actually wasn't a very good doctor in the first place. <laughs> you fucker! Sorry, pardon my friend. That's, that's Lord Fucker. I think yeah, he, he's you know the, he would give a moment's silence, but that'll have to wait because um, oh, yeah. things need to be done. So, well, we have to recover Reverend Green's body. Um, there's no way that we can leave, even though he has unfortunately inadvertently caused the death of our comrade and um, Lord Redgrave. I'd like to personally apologise for my failure in securing the astronef. Um, you had no way of knowing that there was somebody stowing away on board, but um, obviously I shan't be blowing you again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Sacked already. Uh, Where are you going to go? Now, the, the, the sorry, Lord Redgrave, is... but you can rely on me from now on. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lieutenant Bates. That's very, very reassuring in light of your recent activities. Um, with a track record like yours, I'm sure we'll all be safe. Um, Quite. We can only assume that there's no one else stowing away on board. Firstly, I can't imagine where they were. Sir, if I, I may guess, be so bold, if you assume you make an ass out of you and me, perhaps we should search the uh, the entire astronaut from top to toe. A good idea. Um, we'll get to that, I think, as soon as we've established the medium and long-term aims. As you know, this was an archaeological expedition. We'd aim to explore further into the Great Pyramid. We've come an awfully long way after a lot of training, a lot of hardship for all of you. And, of course, our colleague has sadly died. Now, if we go home at this stage, you could say perhaps that he gave his life in vain. Uh, many people would say that, and nobody would certainly contradict them, that he, he perhaps lived in vain and died in vain. 
Uh, I don't think many people would, would stand up for an alternative version of events. Uh, I can, if, if I may be civil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, okay, just a moment. <laughs> so we're faced with the decision. The astronaut is leaking. Now we can seal off the upper deck. It will be a little cramped down here, but we can be perfectly functional and operational, apart from the slight issue of seeing where we're going. And I can assure can you, ladies, Redgrave and Valentine, I'll be a perfect gentleman at all times. Yes, you're getting a bit of a glare from Lord Redgrave <laughs> interrupting for about the fifth time. So we have to f make a decision. Do we leave now and return to Earth, or do we explore the pyramid? I, th I think the doctor oh, sorry, would have been the first me? to say... I think the doctor would have been the first to say that we should carry on and complete the mission, no matter <laughs> what the cost Obviously, first you the cost. To less well than I thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, of course he would. The importance of the mission is bubbled. Uh, quite so. We didn't come all this way just to throw down the towel. I say, let's check that pyramid and, and give it a damn good... Uh, searching. Uh, searching, <laughs> yes. Quite so. Survey. Very well. Then I, what do uh, you think, Ibsen and... Um, Egyptologist chap. Ips is the Egyptologist. Sorry, my mind is not what it Gutteridge. was a few minutes ago. Your mind ago. isn't in the gutterage. <laughs> I've only got a mind of three. So please forgive oh, me. God. Oh, good. You're not some sort of idiot. We can edit that line out. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I've recorded <laughs> it. You said to be Oh, please. <laughs> so, um, Lord Redgrave. Um, and um, one volunteer are going to go out and retrieve the Reverend Green's body. Sir, excuse me. Well, that would be you then, wouldn't it? Uh, what? Oh, any, any uh, are we going to um, take the bodies back to Earth? Well, of course. Okay. Um, I mean, people would... We certainly, I'm sure he, his people will want to bury him in the manner appropriate to their particular faith, and... Um, the just authorities it's, are, it's quite a romantic look, thought. I say the authorities are very unlikely to look favourably on uh, leaving something such as his body up here uh, when we have nothing to back up our version of events. Uh, apart from my infallible word, of course. Well, quite uh, what jurisdiction do we fall under when we're on the moon? Well, well the, the England, English, of course. Yes. <laughs> the crown! <laughs> of course. Sorry. We are here in the name. Good of the heavens, King. base! How hard were you struck? <laughs> Sorry, sir, I'm, I'm not feeling myself. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> so uh, that nice again. <laughs> naturally, I'll go. And, naturally, I'll go and recover the body. There's a. Uh, with Megatron will uh, check the engineering while we're out. Bates, if you could. Um, run a, a quick check of the ship. There are very few places somebody can hide um, thinking about it, and I'm sure that Lady Valentine would agree. Reverend Green must have hidden in the area with the pneumatic cannons. I can't think of anywhere else large enough for somebody to hide, uh, unless he'd removed all the stores, which we know were up there. So... Well, well I'll do that, sir, I, sh while, I should um, check those. Uh, you I'll, can I'll rely on me. ship while you retrieve yeah. his body. If you well, want. Gutteridge, if you come with me, we'll suit up and go outside. And then we need to prepare for as rapid a survey of the pyramid as possible. And I think we're going to have to leave it there. Mm -hmm. It will probably be a relatively short final session. 
one might even say, horribly anticlimactic. But um, <laughs> well, <laughs> what could possibly match the excitement of, of getting to kill one of Nick's characters? <laughs> Um, I, feel I, I do feel that was a slightly confrontational approach by the, the dungeon master. Sorry, I, I, you were the one who kept on about old school role playing. <laughs> yeah, but I meant looking, do it to other people. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I really I should pay more attention. That's quite all right, but John. I, I think I'll quite get the hang of this character. Uh, yes, you do seem to have got both of his dimensions quite nice. <laughs> Can we have a brief minute silence for Dr. James Crowther? Give me three seconds, then. <laughs> and that's enough. All right, OK. Nice. <laughs> Rest in um, peace on the moon. It's, is... it's a great shame. I mean, there's going to be no Spock-like launching him off in a coffin <laughs> oh, photon tubes or anything. I have been, but, um... and always will be. <laughs> <laughs> No one complains. Friend. No, you haven't. <laughs> you fibber. <laughs> oh, it's a lie. I think we may be wrapping well, you up. Thanks, John. Him in that, a locker that was a great somewhere. one. Enjoyed yeah, that session. That. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not actually what you'd call a killer GM. I, I don't really have a reputation. But you have got, you know, when you play it as something so asinine and incredibly stupid, you're not going to forgive them. No, it. it's not incredibly stupid because... Yeah, it, I don't mind. I'm genuinely stupid. Um, I would rather die than live with the shame. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I, no, I don't mind. I, I th- if that's the way the dice fell, but my doctor genuinely wouldn't have expected. Um, no, un- unfortunately, you could possibly have made it if Lady Valentine had <laughs> worked out that just opening the valves on the oxygen cylinders would have been enough in the conning tower temporarily. I was doing so well on rolling this one. <laughs> you were doing very well, too well, one might say. Uh, but frankly, because she had no skill in, in first aid or anything, the chances no. of her saving and yet, probably... It's the doctor that goes down in history as the killer. Ironic, really. Do you know, you see, that this may actually have been precisely what he needed in terms of his reputation. So in a way, it's a good... He's died a What, hero. to die? He has yeah, died a hero is. because yeah. he saved hundreds of people on the Earth on that spaceship, the first spaceship uh, that, that landed in the North Atlantic and was sinking. That, that wasn't was a spaceship. It was. It was talking about the ship that um, you just intercepted the message and asked, asked for someone else Somebody else to, to pick him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Doctor who, as well as being not a very good Doctor, is also apparently just a message boy for the emergency <laughs> services. He saved all those people. Every man on that transport died. Can I, Sorry. can I just make a small suggestion? I don't want to be dictatorial anyway, but I would suggest perhaps that the best thing for the Doctor is if we concentrate on the heroically gave his life aspect of the story. Yeah, okay. Saved yeah, his fair fellow enough. crew members. <laughs> well, he did, and he, he done in that evil old cleric. Uh, well, you see, actually, that, that's, a, that's an awkward one, because he was, of course, the Reverend Green, so killing him... He's killed a man of God. It's a bit awkward, that. Yeah, but he he paid for his life with his own life. Isn't that how it works? Eye for an eye. Yeah, exactly. Old Testament. Old Testament, 
old school, old testament. Yeah, exactly. Was there a way we could have got? I suppose you just wanted to see what we did, really. But would you would you have had any better suggestions of what we how we got into the astronaut? The best suggestion, um, and here's a little hint for anybody who might be thinking of running this, uh, is actually in the adventure, because it gives you several options of how people might go about this and the sorts of things that might happen. It's almost impossible to, to work out which one of you Lord Redgrave actually is. Mm. If Lord Redgrave fills in a confession and signs it, he will stand Whereas by somebody it. else he wrote won't, it. I mean, he, he, will, he would publish it, and he would put a thing in saying this was mm. done under duress, and he would explain it, but he would yeah. do what he said. So, so if we got someone else no to, sign to sign for Lord Redgrave... On the other hand, if, if for example, you would pretend... And stand there Lord and wrote Redgrave, a confession... That would be fine. Oh, that so, would have been a bit less exciting, though, wouldn't it, than a massive exploding window in the face. And there are ways of breaking into the ship that don't necessarily result in the death of your character, but it's always difficult, and it's very hard not to kill Green. Yeah, that was always going to be the problem. That's yeah, like, If only I'd let go of that pickaxe. I was trying to save him, so I did nobly sacrifice myself. Futilely sacrificed. Futilely sacrificed as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, I shall stop the recording there. I, I think you probably. Night, night, people. Thank you very Good much. Night. We'll, uh, Thank you for the next session. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Anytime. Not at all. Night. The residents of Watson Hall would like to express our gratitude towards noted troubadour Professor Elemental, who has so generously allowed us to use his music as part of our presentation today. Those not averse to engaging with infernal devices may wish to direct their Babbage engines to examine www.professorelemental.com for further information and musical fancies delivered directly to your preferred phonographic apparatus. (laughs) Bless my soul, what a wonderful age we do live in. (laughs) 